Good evening, mighty listeners. We have been away for a bit of time. Um, Ben is moving his abode and I have taken up a new and mighty role sitting in a much bigger chair with a bigger desk. So it's been um, been particularly busy for us. But we are here now for your listening pleasure. So tonight we will go on to the hobby desk. Um, oh, how are you, by the way, Ben? <laughs> Fine. This will be the most I've been on the hobby desk in a couple of weeks, so... <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so, onto the hobby desk. So, Ben's done some more Oryx. Surprise, surprise. Um, and actually, I have started painting. Uh, well, he's really he's an Oryx because he's from Blood Bowl. Um, so, we've got a little bit to talk about on there. Uh, into 40k in the Grim Darkness. And it's been a smattering of things for the specialist games um, that's come out, and a little bit from Forge World. Uh, so, we'll have a chat about that. Um, into the mortal realms where everything is constructed of bone at the moment. So, Including uh, fallacies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and also, um, it's either constructed of bone or being eaten yeah. by ogres. So, a little bit to talk about there as well. Uh, into the community. So, um, our usual shout-outs to the community. And we talk a little bit about the new venue, the Manor House, which is in Bristol. Um, and then lastly, into the wild. So uh, we're going to chat a bit about Star Wars Legion um, this time round. And was it Hero, Hero Kids? Hero ben? Kids, yeah. Hero Kids. Now, I've no idea what that means. So uh, that'll be exciting when we get to that section. We'll find out. I actually learned something from Ben. My goodness. <laughs> anyway. Burned. <laughs> burn. It is great to be back, guys. We will see you on the hobby desk. Hi, guys, and welcome to our 50th hobby desk dun, dun, dun. that's nearly the number of years that ben has been alive oh no oh. no you're not that actually no. <laughs> how old do you think i am you bugger oh, at least 63 <laughs> <laughs> so i've noticed dan that how do you say orc orc I, no that's not how you normally say it what do you mean how i normally say it <laughs> I just noticed that the way you say orc is pretty much because of your Cornish accent, Oruk. <laughs> orc. So orc. I, I reckon that the new Oruks are just Cornish Orcs. <laughs> orcs. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I get some Orcs with um <laughs> with pasties? <laughs> oh man, brilliant! So yes, the hobby desk. So, like Dan said, unfortunately, and this is really poor timing on my part, and we really wanted the 50th episode to be good, filled with excellent new innovative content, but I've been moving house, and Dan's got a bigger desk with a bigger chair at work. Um, yeah. And it's made it really difficult. And it's not a hobby um, desk. <laughs> no. Um so at the moment, my hobby is partially packed. I'm painting intermittently. Um, I'm having very little time to think about it. So just a general sorry to everyone who follows us online. And a big thank you to those who help us put out content. Because, um, you know, it's been we've not been up to our normal 
boisterous selves recently. Apologies. What's tough, I have found, I know for you, like, you found it hard because um, you've had to pack a lot of stuff away, and actually having yeah. it out and around the house is quite and easily accessible for you is a good motivator, and being able to do it, like, with the family, good motivator, and because you've had to pack stuff away because people keep bloody coming around to look at the house... Um, you know yeah. what you should do is take some pictures of it tidy and just have them in like a billboard thing. Show them. Well, I did. I did offer, offer that as a suggestion, but they apparently they like coming around and looking at things. Yeah, so I I mean, it's not. It's like really unreasonable. Life changing decision. This is ridiculous. No. Anyway, so that I know that's been hard for you. For me, with um with the kids generally, um being quite young, my hobby time has been once they're in bed. Um, yeah. And Harriet and I had a little bit of time together and then she goes off to bed early and then I step and paint. But work has become so busy and I'm now starting at like six in the morning um, consistently that I ca- I get to half eight, quarter to nine, and I'm going to sleep, not doing hobby. So that big run I had where I was being really productive because I was doing two or three hours every night. Now I'm down to two or three hours a week if I'm lucky. Um, yeah, but it that's the way it goes. It ebbs and it flows. Um, yeah, it, it it does. And I I find that I find that the less contact you have with the hobby, the less motivated you are to do it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah definitely. And I mean that in a kind of general sense because I I do a number of things every week that I do that I do every week, like as a, as a routine. So, um. You know, people's pages that I follow and I go on every week and I watch the videos and I, you know, I get inspiration from that. Um, and I'm not doing that at the moment because I just don't have time to sit down and, and, and watch and watch those people. So I, I find that what ends up happening is I don't, I don't, mot- I don't feel motivated to do it because I've got the extra effort of getting everything back out and then painting and then putting it all away again. I, but, um, I think that's often true. I making other choices within the hobby as well, though. Like, so even when I'm active in the hobby, it's usually what whatever I'm engaged in, whichever part of it at the time, you get more and more motivated for. So, for example, um, I often find that with the different systems. So, like, people will say, "What's your favorite game system?" And I will usually say Age of Sigma, um, and I do love Age of Sigma, but equally, it's the one I play the most. Now, uh, and that's just because, um, really, it's because Dan is the person that most actively wants to play, um, other than Chris with Necromunda. So I play Dan quite a bit. But actually, if I went and played 40k a few times, I'd I'd be all over that because I love that as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I definitely hear you on the, you know, the, the more you do it, the more motivated you get, the less you do it. The less it's kind of like a, a bit of a bummer, really. <laughs> it works that way, but hey ho. So, mm. um, what have you been painting? You you came up to see me, and we went up to Warhammer World. Yeah, so I'm I'm still working on my um, Iron Jaws, getting those up to because we we probably haven't said this on the show yet, but we're doing um, the grand tournament at the end of January. Yes. Um, and I'm going to take my Oryx because 
I'd like to take an army where I need to think as little as possible, so I'll put them on the table, I'll run at objectives and people, I'll hit things around the head with my orcs. They'll mostly die, I'll probably lose, but I'll have a cracking time and a fun old laugh having shouting wire and being an idiot. But to do that, I need to get them painted, so um, that's what I've been up to. And mainly this month was getting them up to tabletop standards so I could go up to Warhammer World with you. Yeah. Um, so they are pretty much, I mean, tabletop now. I sat down for a day at your house and, as you know, and, and based them all, which um, takes its time. Incidentally, sorry to interrupt you, but when you come to no, my not. house, you are bringing one of those paint pot things to stop them falling over. Well, I haven't. I didn't knock one over this time. Mm, that was luck. Well, it's regardless of whether it's not, it's luck. And I, I fully accept it's the first time I've painted at your house and knock, knock some, not knocked something over. Um, if it makes you feel better, I don't knock anything over in my kitchen very often. Well, yeah, that makes me, my desk, my floor all feel better. <laughs> I think it's your swivelly chair. I think that's what it is. I swivel on your chair and I knock stuff oh, over. That's with my fine. Next time arms. you come, you can sit on the bloody floor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, one of those pot holder things I think is going to be on my shopping list. It's not got Citadel think... written on it enough for me, so... It's probably on the bottom. No, I've had a look. You've had a subtle kit. Yeah. I'm... That's why I don't want the painting stick thing, because the elastic bands haven't got Citadel written on them. I'm, uh... I'm not convinced with the... Well, actually, this is the perfect place to talk about those things. But I've finished, well, I have actually finished talking about what I've done. So I've only got a few more things to do with the Oryx now. I've got the final highlight on the red. And then I've got the final highlight on the white. I've got the leathers and the metals, which won't take very long. and Because um, there ain't much of it. And then blood and gore, and I'm done. Um, so they are nearly ready. So hopefully by the time we meet up in the end of November, they'll be finished and ready. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the five brutes that I've got in a box ready to paint. Mm-hmm. And hopefully a few... I'm, I'd like to get the sneaky snufflers done, but I'm not painting enough to get them done by then, I don't think. Oh, and you've got to add tufts on everything. Yes. So apparently I had a few tufts lying around for you to try out. Uh, yeah, I had a go. I've, I've used tufts before, but I, I didn't put tufts on the basis for my oryx because I, I didn't know if it would work on a kind of forest theme. Yeah. But as soon as I put them on, it was it, it made just made sense. So they're on there now. It's I useful mean, when you visit and there's someone with probably enough tufts. I think um, the sentence that. you were looking for was visit someone with the most ridiculous collection of tufts known to modelling kind. <laughs> because, quote, I tried to get the ones I had on my army, but I didn't know which ones they were, so I just bought the flipping lot. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> so there we go. It's fine. It's um, fine. It's all good. <laughs> Let's talk about Which those painting Which is such a damn jolly thing to do. Yes. Yeah. The stick. Right, so, okay, yeah, I should imagine the stick works very well, but, um, and I should imagine somebody will buy it, um, but I'm going to stick with my piece of cardboard. 
I've got a wooden stick. Almost. With double You actually have tape. a sticky stick, yeah. don't you? Yeah. That's a Hey Dougie song, Sticky Stick. Sticky Stick. It is a Hey stick, Dougie stick, song. Stick, 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 sticky, sticky, stick, stick. That's Peppa Piggy Pillow. I know, but mixed with Sticky Stick. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, will you get one? Are you thinking of one, Mister Sizzle? No, no, no. Quite like I, I, a nice little gizmo to have around, but I should, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I think um, it is a good I idea spray because bulk. actually, yes, um, it is a good idea because actually. Especially when you're just starting out as well. See, that's the that's the other thing again that you come back to with Games Workshop and and some of their products like this. You know, you got people who are new to the hobby or haven't had lots of exposure to lots of different things, and actually they're going to take their models home, put them on the side, go and knock them all over everywhere because <laughs> they're just going to fire off. You know, um, so actually having a product and it's only twelve quid or something. It's not really expensive um that is is for that purpose i don't think it's a bad thing is it for me no Mm. because um and it's not because well i'll just use a stick actually the reason i'll use a stick is because i can put a shed ton of models on it like you said like spraying in bulk you know i remember spraying blood reavers and i had like 40 of them on a on a piece of two before covered in a double-sided tape um, but you know, I don't think it's a bad idea. Look, you're holding a, a sprout of Brussels sprouts. Yeah, that's exactly what it is like. Actually, it is like a, a thing, yeah. a thing of of Brussels sprouts. Um. Uh. So, and then <clears throat> I don't quite understand why the red painting handle is a pound fifty more than the black painting handle, but it is a very nice shade of red. And it says Citadel colour, not just Citadel. So it's another level of painting handle. And three of those handles fit in one of my hobby zone drawers. Okay. I've got five and they, so they live in a, so I've got a space (laughs) for it to go in. I I mean, yeah, I, I don't really get. I don't even really get the idea of you need a red one to stand out in the unit, you know, for the sergeant or something. Yeah, that's I, just I think crazy. if it had been the same, I think if it was, um, if it had been the same price as the others, I might have, have picked one up. Just, you know, for the funsies of it. Again, um, it's not a I, huge but difference. It, it's just an odd thing to have, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. I mean, I know it sounds daft, but in some ways that just aggravates me yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like, why is it fight a pound fifty more? I'll almost not buy it out of spite of it. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think for a minute when I saw the price of it that it would aggravate you. Nah. <laughs> to be honest, mate, I just haven't <laughs> got into the flow of using them. I got five of them because I tried one once and I got really excited about it. I thought, oh, actually, this is really good. But I just don't even think about it, if I'm honest. And t- it's only like every now and then that I'm like, oh, oh, I could use a painting handle. 
I use them almost all the time, unless I'm doing a big batch. Yeah. If I'm doing a squad of ten, I'll use them. If I'm doing a squad of five, I definitely use them. If I'm doing a character, definitely use them. Anything over ten, and I'm not using them, because it just becomes more of a hassle taking them on and off of the handle than it is any hassle that's saved by them. But I do find that when I'm using them, I touch the model less. Um, I have more control over what I'm doing. There's another place for me to rest my br- in a my brush hand. So I, I use them a lot. But The last time I used I'm... one, I put so much wash on the model that I fused it to the handle. I had to break it off. So I think I got a bit carried away. What I'd like to see is um, a batch painting extension for it. What? So, for example, like... A little rung of five twenty-eight mil slots that you grasp into the top. So you, you you grasp your model into those there, and then grasp it into the top, or something similar to that, so that you can batch paint five models on a twenty-eight mil base. That sounds ridiculous. How would you get to like the sides and stuff? If you're batch painting, so you don't. It doesn't need to be perfect. So you don't need to paint the sides. Fair enough. Well, you do need to paint... Don't be such a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you do need to paint the sides. <laughs> well, you could just put them in but the spray stick n- thing and just use that. That's actually a very good idea. There you go. Full of them, see? That is actually, that is actually a very good idea. Mm. I might go to Ando Games Workshop just to see if they would work as a batch painting handle. <laughs> I think you're on to something there, Mr. Jolly. There you go. There you go. Full mm. of these good ideas, me. Um, so we've discussed the don't knock your paint over holder thing, which I do love. I think that's genius because that is clearly... They've flicked through Instagram so many times and seen the, oh, no, I've knocked my wash over photos and just thought, right, okay. There you go. Triangle of rubber. Well, there is also a lot of third-party products for that, too. <clears throat> so there's plenty of options out there for people to choose from. Is there? Yeah. Oh, there we go. It's a it's a bit like PlayStation um, not selling the rubber thumb things that go on top of the controller. Oh, uh, yeah. Bits. And everybody else in the universe sells them for them, but they just sort of decided not to bother. But Games Workshop decided to bother. Maybe the painting handles are going to go up to £6.50 because there's a a box of five of them for £25. So you would you would think that would save you something. Because, you know, once upon a time, a little while ago, I would have said, nah, because Games Workshop don't do boxes that save you money. But they do, absolutely, now. So maybe that's yeah. what's going to happen. Maybe. A bit of a, sh- a, bit of a shame, £6.50. It does look a bit like re- a rail rifle, that spray stick. Could be like it a does. rail rifle pistol. So that's quite cool. Um, do you reckon they're going to do branded Citadel gloves for when you're spraying your models? Uh, I don't know, but I definitely wouldn't buy them. I, I would. Because uh, I get them free from work. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. L- lots and lots and lots of them. 
Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. That's nice to know. Uh, um, but most important to note, I get them free from work. I have the boxes on my shelf, and then I don't use them. So I end up going to work with paint all over my hands and getting funny looks from everyone. Yeah. Well, you have to walk around with your hands in your pockets, don't you? Um, so, I have finished ten Blood Reavers. And rather splendid they look too, as well. I like the ones with two-handed axes. Yes, I do. Unfortunately, though, and this is my own doing, where the arm meets the torso, when you just build them, it doesn't... Yeah, you get a gap. Yes, but you can't... You don't, I didn't really notice it. It wasn't until I used contrast paint on them and it flowed into that gap that I saw saw the gap. So I've managed to mitigate it a bit with the way I've painted them, um, but it's just something to bear in mind. I did thoroughly enjoy painting them, if I'm honest. Um, I really... I know I've I've said it a few times now, but I really do enjoy contrast for certain things. And, and actually, for doing the skin... Um, mm. Yeah, it was. You, you appreciated them, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, what what was good about that is, I find that grey sear on its own is a little bit stark, but you need that yeah. lighter colour for the flesh because it doesn't work quite as well over the grey Helfer's grey. So by doing the pre shade, mm. you get a nice mix, um, which seemed to work quite well. Um. I'm a big fan of, of Halford's Grey un, under contrast paints. I find I get a, a much better result for 90% of them. Um, that's my, that, but that's my opinion. And I think that I think some people, the aesthetic that people want from their models. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed the effects that you get when you've appreciated. I think it works really, really well. I haven't done it with flesh. I've done it with greens, but I, I do like it a lot. I do like it a lot. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm finding is is really good is like satchels yeah. and straps and things like that. Are, are, it's just great. <laughs> it's really and there's loads of ways to change. Okay, so it's it's one coat. I mean, that, that, the idea is it's one coat. Fine. So if you go with one coat and put it on, um, it will work in as much as you will have dark in the dark bits and light in the light bits, and it will it will have highlighted the model effectively. Um, if you don't like the tone or the colour, there's actually quite a lot you can do to change that. I find, for example, um, and I've, it's been so long since I've used them now that I've forgotten the names, but the, the one that equates to Mournfang Brown, um, it'll come, it'll come to me later on when we're not recording, I'm sure. Um, is it Gorgrunter Fur? It might is be it that one, yeah. It might be that one, yeah. And so I, I find that that, over a, even a Halford's Grey, looked a bit stark. Um, so I just washed mm. Agrax Oakshade over the top, and I'm practically done then. Because it just toned yeah. it all down to a nice sort of brown colour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm looking at the ones I've done. I'm, I'm used mainly for the straps on my Gorgrunters at the moment. Um, and I'm actually looking at them thinking, well, do I really need to do that much highlighting? And I don't really think I do now. Um, so there is ways that you can use you know, the washes alongside the contrast, or maybe even two coats of the contrast to get, like, the tones that you want. Um, and that's still quicker than starting from a dark colour and working your way up through the highlights. 
Um, it doesn't look as perfectly good, but it's certainly tabletop, and it, it's it's probably better in, than a standard tabletop if you pick if you tweak it a little bit. Us. Uh, the painting handle is six pounds. It's got. I don't know whether that's gone. Oh, it has gone up because there's loads of stuff's gone up. The the fine detail cutters have gone up. They were expensive anyway. Yeah, they're twenty pounds now. Anyway, that's that's just what it is. Yeah. Sorry, dude. You were talking. It is utterly normal for you to just go off topic in the middle of a conversation, and not just when we're on podcast. Yeah, it's my brain. It's exciting. It is nice, though, that when we're recording, you say sorry, because normally you don't bother. Well, that's all to do with my public persona. (laughs) Don't don't laugh. I I take this social media thing very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important that people uh, see me as a a hobby role model um, that they can can follow uh, and attempt to emulate. (laughs) But never better. <laughs> if people could see your face while you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. It's hard to keep a straight face. So, other than your your uh, um, miss, uh, what did you say? What did you describe them as? What are you your blood reavers? Oh, misunderstood. You're misunderstood. Oh, my misunderstood corn yeah. yeah. warriors. Yes, absolutely yes. not raving psychopaths. No, no. Other than them, um, well, of course, because we're going to this event, um, it's been important for me because I've got some skull reapers and a hero to focus on. So, um, I thought what I would do is focus on the blood re, the you know, getting the blood reavers, um, the skull reapers. And the um, the hero done, so that's all sorted out, and I don't have to worry about it. So naturally, having finished the blood reavers, I've started paying something for blood bowl, um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know why not? So uh, I'm painting. I don't even remember what his name is. Bowl, uh, oh, big orc dude. He's the here, a big orc dude. He's the orc character for blood bowl. Um, he stood over there looking at me. Um, um, I'm just looking him up because it will irritate me if I don't look him up. But anyway, I'm painting him. And I have to say, the cast is not very good. It's like irritated me. You know, like some models. The Blood Reavers were an absolute joy to paint. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're obviously they're plastic. But the joy... I know there was the join issue. But, but generally, they went together nicely. The paint, it just like they just flowed to paint them. It was very, each thing was quite distinctive. You knew what you needed to put where. Really quite pleasant to paint. This guy is not. Um, He, he, I don't know, it's just not quite right. Vara Gulchua, that's what he's called. Well, why didn't you remember that? Well, I I don't know. It's outrageous, really. So, you, you know when a model is... A little bit more challenging when you've got to bring it up on the website with the 360 to, to work is. out yeah. what each thing yeah, is. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, not not it's not the most enjoyable experience, but I'm only on the base coats. He shouldn't take me that long overall painting time, but 
as we've already said, getting that time is is hard. I do love, I do love Blood Bowl. I don't know what it is. I I don't. I've never even played a whole match because I always run out of time. Mm. Did we? We didn't get through a whole match. No, we, we played a half, but that's fine, isn't it? You know, I yeah. think that's the, the joy of it. That that actually, I think what I find. Go on. Well, it is it is quite nicely segmented up. So each play is a kind of game in its own right, in a way. Hmm. I think what's quite exciting about Blood Bowl is, I you know I love the orcs and I and I love the gouged eye orcs. So it is completely achievable to collect and finish a collection for Blood Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah in yeah, as yeah. much as. Yeah. There, the team rosters have specific allowances and caps. So once I've done 16 linemen, four black orcs, two throwers, four blitzers, one troll, this Varag guy, four goblins, I'm done. Yeah. And I, I can say, yep, I have a Blood Bowl team. The full team. Everything. Yeah. Oh, and the the che- the coach things, the cheerleader things. So, and I quite like that. I do quite like. It's nice to have something going along like that. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I'm really excited about Blood Bowl at the moment because I got my Goblin cards. I've waited for yes. years for my Goblin cards, and they snuck them out, and I'm happy. It means I don't have to have the book open to play my game. <laughs> I like well the thing I mainly like about um, Blood Bowl is it allows you to to play with other sort of styles of painting as well, so you can be quite yeah. fun with it. Um, you can try a different style altogether, um, which I really quite liked. Quite, I'm going to go for um, a totally different style than I normally would for my human team. So um, you're going to quite enjoy that. I'm going to make really go very American football with like bright colours and glosses and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. I've got a human team. Uh, only ten. Only the basic box and the ogre. And that's just purely because I thought if I painted it out then if somebody didn't have Blood Bowl. Yeah. Then you'd have someone to play player. against. Yeah. I've actually got the the very old the old metal team. The old human metal team. Oh yeah. I haven't got them out and put them next to each other to see what the scale difference is, but I'm frightened that there's probably going to be a lot different. But I was going to use them for, like, other people in the team. Shorter people in the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so, so, has that been your hobby desk for the month, has it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'll do a little bit more in the morning, hopefully. Because um, it's Sunday tomorrow. So Harriet goes in the out in the morning, so I'll I'll do a bit more then. But yeah, it's been a bit lax, really. I I mean I've done some gaming um that we can we can potentially uh talk about in the in in the forty k section. I've done some Necromunda gaming, yeah. Um, which has been good. Um, but yeah, we can we can talk about that in the yeah. I th- in the next bit. Yep, yeah, sounds good. I'm okay. If anyone has any ideas on how to pack a lifetime of hobby away quickly and easily, then I'm, I'm all ears. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you need a lot of boxes, do not. I think the biggest problem I've had, and, I, and it's the lesson that I've well and truly learned, is that I have bought stuff without any idea where I'm going to put it or how to st- store it or transport it. And I've painted stuff with a similar sort of attitude. So the last two years, I've painted nearly a thousand models. And I've got no storage <laughs> for it, really, apart from to shove it in the foam cases. And they're not, they don't work for the modern games workshop models. So, um, yeah. So I'm having to catch up with storage. So my lesson to myself, and for anyone listening who has just started collecting or thinking of expanding their collections, think about storage as you go. Oh my goodness. I've just found a Chaos Star Christmas jumper on an official Games Workshop like link through from their website. Yep. Nicely on topic. <laughs> How good is that, though? Are you buying it? There's a there's an Imperial Eagle one. You should have that one, and I should have the Chaos. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, but they don't do it in probably massive beardy git size. We would both look like a pair of puddings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're all right, mate. They do it in 9XL. Do they? That's exactly what I need. Like... <laughs> What kind of like ridiculous thing is this? Triple XL fits forty six to forty seven inch chest. What? That's not big enough, is it? No. Oh, then you could get it in male and female, so you could get one for Joe. I get her the chaos star. That's what she deserves. Really. She could do. She could make. She could probably knit one. Actually, couldn't she? Dude, it takes her about six months to knit a baby blanket. And that's not because she's a slow knitter. It's because she's just terrible with motivation. A bit like her um, tree lord that gets one small aspect of it painted every four weeks. (laughs) Right, dude, shall we move ourselves on to um, the Galaxy of War? I think that seems wise at this point, before I find more knitted goods to discuss. (laughs) We will see you in the grim darkness of just now. Just now? In one minute. Welcome, listeners, to the grim darkness of the far future, where no one has any money at all because they've bought Dark Uprising. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a, well, as ever, uh, the Galaxy of War is crammed with exciting awesomeness. Um, There's, where should we start, buddy? Faith and Fire? New Sisters of Battle? Dark Uprising? Space well, Marines. It is worth pointing out to everybody that um, Friday night, or Saturday night, we recorded the first half of the podcast, and the, and the release came out, or the preview came out. 
you can hear Dan's reaction to that in the community in, uh, sections. Yeah, helps the community. <laughs> but um, we're gonna we're gonna talk through some of it now. So I mean, yeah, what, what do you want to start with? The, Faith um, and fire. I so yeah. Has there been? Has there been a, a book one? Yeah, already? Well, book one is the Rise of the Phoenix, or Fall of the Phoenix, or whatever yeah. it was called, which is the Eldar one. Yeah. So book two is covering off. It's going to have rules for, or, or they called them like supplement level rules for pretty much all of the Heresy Legions. Yeah, it took me a while to work out what the Empress Children badge was. <laughs> oh, you've got me intrigued now. Colour me intrigued. It's oh, the yeah. wing, isn't it? With a claw. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then there's um, Black Templars as well, dude. I know, I'm really excited about Black Templars. So um, Black Templars were, after Space Wars, my next 40k army. Um Started when they released the third edition box set, so um, I painted the Black Templars in there for our school club, and then um, and then I could, well they're the ones I kept coming back to actually. I painted more of those than than uh, Space Wolves to be honest. Yep, that's what I was painting when I was in Games Workshop cool. Plymouth. Love Black so, Templars. Yeah, yeah I, I always see. It's funny because although I know you love Space Wolves, whenever. Uh, I always think of you as a Black Templar player, really, because that was the stuff you were painting when I first knew you, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah. always remember you having that little little cabinet, that little tiny cabinet, and having the Dreadnought, the, the Forge World Dreadnought in it. Yeah. So I loved that. Yeah. That Forge World Dreadnought was, was or like a milestone for me in getting a model painted, because... There comes a point when you're a painter where you realise that actually you're not going to get a really nice model like a Dreadnought, like that Forgewood one that's covered in detail done, unless you just sit down and get on with it. Um, so that was the first big model I did um, to like a decent standard. I was well chuffed with that. Absolutely yeah, over I the moon that. about that. And that is a yeah. hell of a nice model. That Black Templar Dreadnought is just superb. Yeah. So um, it. it's looking like Iron Warriors, Empress Children, Word Bearers, Alpha Legion, <laughs> Night Lords, and of course the best absolute darn power armored dudes of ever, the World Eaters. Um, I'm very except they're they're so useless they lose bits of their power armor. Yeah, well, some things happen, but but you know sometimes they just don't need all the bits of armor. You know when you've got to show off your guns. You know? <laughs> um, I'm very excited by that because, well, because I love them, <laughs> don't I? I'm a worldiest player. I'm really interested to see um, which direction they go because I'm not imagining, oh, I was just going to say I'm not imagining we're going to see new models, but maybe I've got excited about well, this before. I wouldn't rule anything out, mate. I mean... I, I think that um, we're more likely to see Eldar than we are anything else at the moment. But, but this book is the equivalent of the book that's just come out for Eldar. Yeah. So, And that book refreshed some very 
uh, old units, old units that were absolutely key to that army. You don't need no cool yeah, berserkers. Do. No, you yeah, don't. Do. No, yeah, I do. No, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> do you know what? I'd absolutely love to see what the the uh, design team made of them now. Oh, man, they'd, look... they'd be so good, and there'd be so many skulls, and they'd be all flying about on chains, and oh man, <laughs> it would. Oh, I need that. I just need that now. Damn it! I've got excited. I got excited about this last time, but the... oh my goodness! You're right. Now I'm excited. Need a moment. A glass of water to come. I was just thinking about core berserkers along the same design cues as, as like Khan and some of yeah. the stuff they've been doing at the moment. Ah, oh, that's be so good. It would. It would. You never know. You might do. Be nice to see some like specialist Black Templar units, like Hellbreak. No, when I don't what. Why is Mephiston like the character model for that then? Because he's a badass. <laughs> I can't think. I don't know, dude, but it it doesn't matter because he looks incredible. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, at all disappointed. Um, they're classic. Well, yeah, Mephiston's a classic, and I'd love to see Dante and all of the all of the uh, the Space Marine heroes redone. I'm excited for all of them, but. Um, it's unusual that they chose to do him rather than say Hellbrecht mm. or um, Grimaldus. Yes, Grimaldus is a primaris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he you, Rubicon. You, you kind of had what to wonder, Rubicon? Like, you know how they're supposed to cross the Rubicon, and essentially they have to die to become primaris. I'm interested to see quite how they intend to kill Grimaldus to get him through the Rubicon <laughs> because the entire <laughs> church fell on him. And he, he didn't care. So, in fact, he collected you... bits of it and bought with him. <laughs> yeah. So. Did you know those those little dudes carrying the bits of the church around? Some of my favourite, yeah. like, 40k models. Well, that... I mean, it's it's so randomly 40k for a, cha- for a chaplain to go, like, right, you three, you're carrying that. And they went, well, it's just a church. <laughs> D- oh, mate. Uh, do you know, if I had those guys, I'd have one carrying... Um, a giant Cornish pasty, and one carrying a saffron cake. What if you had the models, or you had them in real? If life? If I had them in real life, like following me around, like <laughs> it'd be amazing. But Why is saffron there. cake? Because I love saffron cake. Do you? Yeah. Why would you not? Yeah. Well, I just think that there's better cake. If I'm being honest, don't look at me like that. So, like cherry bakewell. That's good. That's better. That's better than a saffron cake. What for a start? What? I... Seeing that you would quite happily commit homicide in Bugman's Bar to get your hands on one of their cherry bake wells, you can't pull that much of a. Oh uh, yeah, they are lovely, but a rose saffron bun or oh, proper job that is. Ooh, <laughs> and then I could have another one carrying a massive bottle of Betty Stoggs. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> oh dear! So what? You're going for like a more of a bugman's chaplain here than you are. <laughs> I'm spreading the word of Cornish produce. That's what it is. All right, me handsome. Where's me bloody turnips? <laughs> here, you got carrot in that pasty, you heathen. <laughs> Give me a slap. I will. 
Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... um, (laughs) New Faith and Fury. I keep saying Faith and Fire and Fire and Faith. It's not even got the word fire in it. It's just that I keep seeing the Sisters of Battle Tank and thinking about fire. It's called Faith and Fury. Yeah. Yeah, but there we are. So, hopefully... Uh, new corn berserkers. Um, so yeah, the word fury does give me hope that that, that you know, more hope than the last. If one. they bring out a specific word bearer unit and not world eater unit, I will be very sad. If they ever bring anything word bearers out, I'm genuinely sad. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Because I can't get through a novel of them without feeling a little bit sick. Well, that's because they're lame. Um. Okay, so that is that. Um, Space Marines have got a bunch of stuff since we last spoke. Has actually yeah, come we out. Ha- we have talked. Yeah, we've we've talked about all of it, but the the new tanks and the um, the the infiltrators box sets and all of that are all out now. And that um, tall Garadon. Yeah, he looks immense. So- seen loads and loads of wonderful paint jobs done on them. Mm. I think they're fantastic models. I really do. I think they're so f- futuristic. They look like proper... They look really tactical. Um, whereas, like, a, there's something... Even though in the background you know that, like, an intercessor can probably, like... Well, can run ridiculously fast, move like lightning, they still have the the look of them. Like, they're just sort of Stoically advancing, you know, um, a bit like Robocop, mm. <laughs> just like walking forward, blatting anything that sticks their head out. Whereas with the infiltrators, they do look like really tactical. I, I really like them. If I wasn't painting orcs, I'd be getting my hands stuck into them. <laughs> I'm in a problem now, though, right? I'm in a real quandary. What am I going to do if they release really nice Black Templar stuff? Because the thing that's always held me back about Black Templars is the rules have always been a bit guff for Black Templars. So when they like released the first set of rules, even when they had their codex, they had the, they had all of the champions were out and separate in a unit called the Sword Brethren. So you ended up with squads with very little like solid punch to them. That was they supposedly made up for by the fact that you could take effectively the same number of marines again as neophytes as a kind of buffer, but that didn't really help when you didn't have the power weapon or power fist or heavy weapon, literally none of those things to deal with um, the you know the extra one to deal with the enemy when you got there. So I found it really challenging. They did tweak it a little bit as they've gone along and the most recent renditions are absolutely fine they've punched at the same weight as the space marine army but back when i was collecting them i found it i found it really hindered my sort of want to collect millions of them Mm. well i think what you you've just got to be a bit reasonable haven't you because you're working on your massive orc force and you've got your space wolves and your titanicus that you're doing, haven't you? Um, done your blood bowl. You've got. I think it's always going to be space wars, but I think um, as my primary legion. I, but it, 
And again, iron snakes. I'd love to do yeah, an army yeah, of in- yeah, yeah. intercessor iron snakes because I can do those really, really fast. Mm. But I do think, yeah, it's just being reasonable, isn't it? So you totally, if they bring them out, you've just got to get an army of them. Mm-hmm. Like, re- in all seriousness, just being reasonable about it, you have to have one. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn around now and grab something because now we're on this topic. Uh, I'm gonna not be able to find it now, and that's gonna be really frustrating. No, here he is. So when I was collecting the Black Templars, I um I wrote all this background for them, so pages <laughs> and pages of it, and all the, you know about all the characters in the army and everything. So. Um, the crus- it was called the Crusade of Solar Dawn, and that's not my own made-up thing. Um, it's it's from the Age of Apostasy. So, do you remember the Age of Apostasy? Oh yes, where, yeah. In recent memory, where, I can't yeah. remember can't remember his name, but one Joe of the ecclesiastical. How do you remember that kind of stuff, man? So that's what his name was. Well, anyway, he he basically took over control of the Imperium, um, while the the Black Templars were off on a crusade and when they came back and found a bunch of their chapter thingies sacked by these basically heretical ecclesiarchal troops, they might have flipped their nut a little bit (laughs) and um, immediately redirected all of their crusades to um, Earth, pulling in lots of Sisters of Battle forces who had been like basically looking for a reason and um and laid siege to terror and there is a wonderful empress champion character called, which is the whole thing is based on the whole army is based on called navarre um who took the uh well made made the breach so he took the chapter banner the uh, crusade banner to the top of the walls of terror um so my army was based on a mixture of sisters of battle and um Black Templars, of course. Now, with new Black Templars rules and Sisters of Battle, it wouldn't fulfil my dream of having this force at all. <laughs> Not in any way. I'm just looking up the Age of Apostasy because I might be wrong. Because I thought that the Age of Apostasy. No, I am right. But I thought that was the one when, because he had the, he was the one that made the Sisters of Battle, isn't he? And then, then. Dominica beheaded him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't remember the details. It's such a long time ago. Yeah, but I read but, all of that. No, that sounds good. I should dig out my my Navarre conversion now and photograph and put him up. Yes, you should. Because I was quite chuffed with him. Mm. Um. Anyway, should we talk about more current stuff? Yeah, let's talk about Necromunda now. Because I love Necromunda. I'm actually starting a campaign. Are you? That is awesome. A two-person campaign. um, I'd love to play in a campaign. Yeah, well, it's really hard to get, like, people together and be able to commit to something regularly. So what Chris and I have done is, well, Chris mainly, to be fair, has created a campaign, but it's got the facility to allow the other guys to drop in and out if they wish and play like 
essentially that we were sat down and we were like oh well you know how could we do it and we basically come up with the idea that there's a band of npcs so we've got like we are two fairly fledgling gangs who've been essentially herded out of our territory by some kind of undead plague thing and we're having to try and set up or carve out a little niche in the territory of some other gangs three other gangs so Basically, we we choose, depending on, you know, the storyline, whether we're playing each other or whether one of us is playing one of the third party gangs or the enforcers might raid the place. There's there's loads of options. And that way we we get a bit of variety as well. So we're not just playing as our gang. We can mm. play as other things. And then if like Tom or Ben or Dan want to get involved, they can pop up and play one of the NPCs. So, yeah, sounds good. So yeah, that's that. Um, but of course, what that isn't is talking about Dark Uprising, which is the new Megabox set, which is phenomenal. The terrain is phenomenal. The, it's it's an, it's amazing. The models I, are phenomenal. I'm, I've been so excited about it since I showed the pictures of it. Um, and we, and we were gutted when Zone Mortalis went because we both talked about having Zone Mortalis boards. I am not gutted anymore. No. <laughs> and um, it's answered my kind of quandary that anyone who's listened to us for any period of time will know that I've often ruminated on whether or not to base scenery. I will be basing all of my Mechanicum scenery on those Zector Mortalis tiles now um, so that I can use them in and amongst it or just stick them on a board separately, but on a tile, because the tile will look like it's an industrialised area. Mm. So um, I think that would look ace. And um, I th- I th- and the, the new Zone Mortalis stuff, the actual bits and gubbins that go on, there's staircases, Dan. Yeah, I know, I know. There's flipping staircases. I mean, when I don't think Games Workshop has ever made a staircase. No, I don't. I think you're right. <laughs> And now they've now no, there is well, a staircase. Well, they have made staircases for for um, Warcry. I'm not talking about steps going up to the door. Oh, is this is this staircases in Warcry? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. But that's all very recent. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it's awesome, isn't it? It's got some fantastic stuff in there. Um. But it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Uh, for a box set. Interestingly, I don't know actually, because when Titanicus came along, I can remember the conversation at War- at Warhammer Fest with the guys at Forge World who said basically we weren't actually going to do a box set, but then people wanted a box set. And we were like, but it's going to be really expensive. And people were like, well, okay, fair enough. I remember, I specifically, I remember that, that conversation and and then it came along, and it was really expensive. But it was kind of like we'd been told it was going to be expensive, so okay, it was expensive. And this time, obviously, it's not Warhammer Fest, so I haven't had that conversation. But it's it's well, we'll see. Well, let's just—it's it's 175 pounds, yeah, um, which is more than a PlayStation Four or an Xbox One. Is it? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, you can pick up both of those consoles for under that price at the moment. 
and I've just double checked that before we came on air because the reason I did that is because whenever I used to try and sell people box sets, the starters box set, I did often used to get, well, they used to very regularly say, oh, well, why would I get that rather than a computer game? And my answer was quite simple. You'll get a lot more time and playability out of a 50 quid box set than you would a, a single computer game um, by quite a long stretch. And, um, but when you, when you actually come to the point where your box set is more expensive than the console, I think you've, that's a barrier that's been broken. And I, it's worth me saying though, I don't think that the box set is bad value for what is in it. There's a lot of stuff in that box set, like a ridiculous amount of stuff. Um, more than Warcry. And that had a lot of stuff in it. Um, what I'm worried about is that when you have a box set that's bit, that is that big and it has <coughs> and is saving you a lot of money, I should imagine on when you buy them separately, then um, people will buy it, which isn't a problem for Games Workshop. But what it is a problem for us is that if people buy it, then they will start to price those box sets more and more and more towards 175, and then 200, and then and where do we stop? Because like uh, the, the most recent Elder one was hundred and something, wasn't it? Hundred and twenty-five. Hundred and fifteen. They were under a hundred and have been for the last two or three years. And there's a part of me that that kind of thinks, well, I'd rather there was less models in it and they kept the price. You know. I th- but I think I think a couple of things. So I think firstly, it's really important to recognise that uh, I don't. I think this isn't a starter set in the same no, way as uh, the other starter sets, for example, that you were saying about when you were trying to sell them. And I get that, and I, and I know exactly what you mean, because I've been there. But I think this this is a set for people that are already invested in wargaming and understand its value, um, is, is a view. Um and then ultimately, I suppose, like I've heard a lot of things, and I know you were talking about it, but I, you know, I've seen online, as you always do, people talking about feedback and, you know, telling Games Workshop and this is too much. And there's only one vote in the end, and that's how many of them are sold. Yeah. Uh, Which is what I mean is a bit of a shame because I think people, I'm going to buy it because I haven't got either of those gangs. I think they're both awesome sets of miniatures, um, and I think the scenery is utterly superb. Yes, and um, and I'm you know I save a lot of money by doing it, but um, at the same time, I just you know, one hundred seventy five is a lot. It's, it's sort of, it is a lot, and it is however where you cut it, and it will absolutely hammer my hobby budget. Oh yeah, I mean into oblivion. It is it is a lot, but I think. In a way, if if it opens the door for more uh, substantial box sets and, and things that have got a bit more to them. So I suppose what I'm trying to get at is like the, the Grandmaster edition of Titanicus was priced at a point where it could come with some stuff that you genuinely needed to play, including the terrain, which is a big deal in that game. And needed to be in there because it's a different scale. And yeah. in order to to create a box set with that in it, that box set needed to be a higher price point. 
And it's same with this Dark Uprising. Terrain is a massive deal in Necromunda. Now, very cleverly, I think, the first one, they got around it by doing it with the cardboard tiles. Um, but actually, Games Workshop is a, a miniatures company and they make those 3D things. And if, if this is what it takes to create a box set with that in it, then fine. Um, I'm slightly concerned about what the cost is going to be when Gothic finally gets a box set. Because by then, you could be looking at, you know, the equivalent of building your own starship. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although I'd love to see models of like planets with the, the, with the rings and. Yeah. I love planets with, with rings. Yeah. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm playing like a computer game where there's a planet with rings in, I, I tend to stop and like, Just I think <laughs> they're so beautiful. They're like the pinnacle of like what nature can do, I think. Yeah. Well, no. I am the pinnacle of what nature can do. <laughs> I but knew you were going to say that. <laughs> ringed planets are up there as well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about that that set. As much as I have reservations about the price, and I did swallow hard when I thought so. I was like, oh wow, because um, I had, I did actually have in my mind thought about getting two if they were a hundred quid or hundred and twenty quid. And then, like, admittedly, that would be me stuffed for ages. But um, been be awesome scenery wise, though, wouldn't it? Having two, yeah, yeah, it would. So, um, we've spoken about the price, but the more awesome side of it is is the background. So, the corpse grinder cult. That's right, yep. isn't it? Yep, yep. Um, they're like sort mixed in with the corpse guild. Yeah. Aren't they? But I think are they so. like ones that have gone a, a bit I, crazy on all the corpse starch? Yeah, they're, well, they're clearly chaos. They're, they're clearly gone past the point of. Really, um, it's just about efficiency, though, isn't it? So, like, rather than taking the bodies, waiting for them to die, and then turning them into corpse starch, using up energy and all the rest of it, just, you know, you fancy a snack. Oh, there's a ganger. Whop, lop off his leg and have a na- have a nibble. It's. It's pretty straightforward, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is an interesting background question in its own right. When you're, and I'm really, I, I think it's really cool that in in Necromunda they are starting to think about these these details that that for me have made the new Necromunda like a world better than the last Necromunda. Because what on earth do you do with the bodies of a hive? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, short of like literally bulldozing them into a a blast furnace, you, you then start to think, well, actually, is there a product that you can get from bones? This is how people would think, you know, when they when human life is so dispensed, you know, expendable. Um, is there a product that they can get use out of from from it? And and the you know the corpse starch and the the this cult is, has come out of that, and it it you know it doesn't take a leap of too much thought to come to the conclusion that if your job is to grind up bodies and turn it into court start, you're gonna be a little bit weird. Yes, yes. You're, yeah, your 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 uh, outlook on humanity is going to be somewhat warped. Do you think? And there will be s- certain deities who will maximise on that. I should imagine. <laughs> yes. 
Do you think that in the far future there's one single Forge world dedicated to the production of Games Workshop miniatures? Uh, no. Because it'd be really weird. <laughs> like, you know. It would be. There would be. I reckon it would survive all of Old Night. Or maybe it causes Old Night. Maybe they release a box set that's £250 and the internet goes into meltdown, is destroyed, and humanity is thrown back into a dark age. And that's what's like the beginning of it all. <laughs> that's what happens. I'm sure of it. Yeah, but just like the first um, train ticket in Britain that cost £1,000, people rapidly forget. Yeah. <laughs> and just move on. Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite exciting, isn't it? It is wonderful, though, to see so many fantastic miniatures. Like, I know it's crazy because you can't possibly keep up with it all now. But when you're scrolling down through a reveal, and it was only like a few days ago that you saw Dark Uprising and all the awesomeness that was that. And like, you know, it barely... Jane, so it was only two minutes ago we were getting excited because Jane Zarr had a plastic model and there were plastic howling banshees. And now... We're talking about a plastic zone mortalis. You know, when we started in the hobby, you built your terrain out of the flipping um, polystyrene boxes that the models came in. Yeah. I've actually got one put aside to turn... I've done, We've talked about this before, but I've got one put aside to, to recreate that glorious masterpiece of, of <laughs> paint and polystyrene. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, just, it's just mad. It is. I love it. I'm. I think I, I'm really loving the idea of turning the enforcers into an imperial guard army. Mm. The more I look at them, the more I just think, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm absolutely painting my night judge dread. It's that has to happen. <laughs> yeah. Red and black. Yeah. With gold trim. Why not? Eh. <laughs> right. Um. I could talk to you about 40k for quite some time, but. In the interest of keeping the episode to a reasonable length, I think it would be good to head into the Mortal Realms, because there's lots to talk about there as well. There is, yeah. So, guys, we shall let you go and ensure you've sent all of your children to the mines to generate the income you need for the new box set. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we will see you in the Mortal Realms. Hail, mighty listeners, and welcome to the Mortal Realms for episode 50. Dan's almost asleep, woken up. Yeah, I woke up. <laughs> I was good. I was just preparing myself. So, we've, um, I really am in full Age of Sigma mode this year. I just absolutely love everything that is being thrown at me. You know, if I recorded the podcast and inside an Iron Maiden, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. Do you know, interesting fact that I don't think the Iron Maiden was ever really a thing. No, no, no. There's like there's not very many examples of them, like in the world at all or in Europe at all. And they were they they don't think that they were ever used as a torch device. Oh, there's no there's no evidence that they were. Um, just interesting. There's lots of grim things that come from the medieval age that are a bit like that. 
Like the mm. blood eagle for Vikings, there's very, very little evidence for that. Oh. oh well, there we go. Uh, aside from the fact that it would be completely pointless, because if you'd carved someone's back open to get their lungs out, they are going to die before it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the rest of what they did was just a total waste of time, effectively. Um, so yeah, after that grim thought, <laughs> Ontagia Sigma, which is so much more shiny. Yes, <laughs> yes. So what we had this month, we have had um, something I'm really excited about because it's the continuation of pulling together um, those armies into something more sensible, more organised. And I think, I haven't had a look at the website recently, but we might almost be there with getting those armies bunched together now, Dan. With the, yeah, I, now think, the, I think we are. Now with the more tribes. So what have we got? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so order are pretty much all together now. There's no like random little things. Chaos. Yep. They look like destruction. Down to three. We need more destruction armies. And death. Death, yeah. So um for death, of course, we've got the new Ossiak Bone Reapers, which really are a bit marmite, aren't they, for people? Oh mate, I've fallen in love with them. Yeah, I, I kind of, I'm. They're growing on me. Not like I've always kind of liked them, but not enough to collect them. But I would enjoy playing against them, and I enjoy seeing them on the table. Um, but some people are going absolutely mental for them, which is awesome because mm. it's going to be a whole new set of armies to add into the into the mortal realms. But I think the thing I'm most excited about because I'm a big destruction fan at the moment is more tribes. There's a giant pot of food, dude, that you can it, buy. It is, I'm, I'm getting that piece of scenery because it's just fantastic. It's fabulous, isn't it? it, it it's really grim as well. <laughs> it's a butcher's table with a big cooking pot. Yeah. Um, so the Ossiarch, um, sorry to cut you off, but I often do. Um, uh, <laughs> I I genuinely I was like I'm going to pick up a box of the Mortec Guard and just paint them, um, and then I was like no because the trouble is, and this is something that's quite interesting and, and perhaps only affects those of us that love all aspects of the hobby. But there is so much coming out right now that I don't feel able to say to commit to a project because I don't know what's coming out like in a month's time. Yeah, I mean, it, it is... Well, with Christmas, you do tend to get a bit more foresight, don't you? That's true. Um, so Games Workshop are normally sensible in the way they announce things so that you kind of know what's coming out for Christmas for obvious reasons. Or you used to be able to predict, but you're right now. Like, I mean, you, you could like go all in on a brand new 40k army and then they would leave... They dropped Battlefleet Gothic on your lap. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next exactly. month, Battlefleet Gothic. And they're so good at keeping these things secret now that no one no one would have known what was going to happen. But, yeah. I, so, on that, it's interesting that pretty much the entire release schedule up to Christmas appeared on the internet. Hmm. I don't think that that was necessarily a mistake. No, that's what I was thinking, based on the fact that you, you know, like you say, 
that there are often times when models just appear and you had no idea they were coming. So clearly, well, you mean like um, the Slaves to Darkness? <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Where yeah. did that come from? Out of nowhere. And my goodness me, are they nice. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. But what I like is the ones that harken back to old models. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really do. that. Yeah. So, um, sorry, but going back to the Bone Reapers. Yeah. We're flicking around a bit. But some really interesting things in there. So they've got units which have a command ability which is specific to that unit. So... You know, by which I mean you might get a unit that's, you know, you can use a command point for that unit and it it gets plus one to hit and plus one to wound, for example. So rather than the command ability being centred upon a hero and having like a radius effect or a range, it's specific to that unit. And I think this is the first time I've seen that. Yeah, no, I can't think of another example. So I thought that was quite interesting. To, to add in another another type of rule like that. It's a nice way to play. I quite I think that's quite tidy. Uh, mm. I wonder if we're seeing it as an an alternative that's unique to that army or a new way of going about making units. Yeah, so we we might in general. I think it's yeah, I think it's quite cool just seeing the evolution of Age of Sigma. Um, you can see as they're trying to tweak the rules and change them and make it more streamlined so one of the things dan pointed out is in the cities of sigma book there's very little re-roll abilities they're all like plus one or or something like that so just to cut down on the dice rolling (laughs) yeah yeah well it's it had got the nickname ages of sigma hadn't it from yeah 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 and yeah. I don't think you've ever finished a game in under three hours. <laughs> no, I, I. It's funny actually. It, I don't know. I, maybe it's just because I play. I do play quite relaxed. But even when I set up and think, right, I'm going to knock through this game. I never do. Yeah. <clears throat> but then I've. I think there's different mentalities when you go into games, isn't mm. there? So. Um, whenever I'm playing a game with a mate, I'm, uh, for me, it's just as much about hanging out with the person I'm playing with as it is about playing the game. And I fully related to that, that, um, Pete Ferry talking about the, 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 they used for, um, open play. It's like the model. I don't even remember his name, but he was more than happy to go to the gaming night and set their armies up and just look at each other's armies, have a beer, have a chat and then put their armies back in their box. <laughs> that was that would that was fine. And, yeah. and that I can fully relate to that. That's um that's definitely more than acceptable for me to go to a gaming club. <laughs> have a drink and a chat and just look at each other's armies. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I I really like the Bone Reapers um well, I like the fact that they've pulled across some of the old, old units. I can't remember the name of them, but the the kind of fly big ones that were in um, that survived the two. No, oh, the Morgast Archive. Morgast, yeah, that's the. They've pulled those across, and I really liked that. <clears throat> I think what I re- most like about them is their background is makes a lot of sense. It 
Mm. It, it narratively kind of plays on this idea that we are watching the um, evolution of of Age of Sigma, not just from a rule sense, but from a background sense. So when you look at any warfare, you get an arms race of one description or another. And it's normally to do with armor versus weaponry um, because our units are the same. Tactics evolve and they change and people work out different ways of doing it, but they, they tend to sort of change for a conflict rather than, you know, uh, overall, so a good example is like is arm armaments and and armor, and um, but in Age of Sigma at the moment you're seeing this this cool evolution of what's well, basically Nagash having a little bit of a moment because he's like okay so what 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 Nagash and Sigma are having a bit of a moment because you know, Sigma's going like well bam here's my you know lightning dudes of eight foot tall awesome. Um, and they're wading through undead like nothing on earth. So Nagash has gone, oh, fine, have a bit of this. Here's some Nighthorn. And it's it's worked really well to start with. Um, but then they've brought in their sort of religious psychery, um, magical troops and smashed the crap out of those. And then um, it's almost as if Nagash has gone, you know what, fine. If that's the way you're going to play it, I'm going to play exactly the same as you and make myself a bone storm cast. <laughs> and you lot can slug it out in a good old-fashioned way. And it's <laughs> and it's the same almost with chaos where they're like, you know, they they create the the units are sort of almost like the other armies are responding to those massive mm. chaos warriors and they're trying to match those massive chaos warriors. Um, yeah, I just I love that because it's it's like a, a back and forward between those two godlike warriors, warrior kings. Like, you know, I'm going to make this, and then the other one's like, well, fine, if you're going to make that, I'm going to I'm going to, you know. Create something that can build armies out of bones. So how would you like that? Because <laughs> like, when I finish the fight, I've still got materials, and how when you, you like finish, what have you got, Sigma? <laughs> so I and I, I really like that because you, you feel like every time they release a box set or an army, mm-hmm. you're progressing the narrative of that unit of that world, um, and I, I, I that's really cool. And it's starting to feel a little bit like that in 40k, ever so slightly. Not quite as obvious and profound, and the changes aren't so, so huge. But I mean, if someone had come along to you and said, "Okay, so um, the elves have got a bit upset that the dwarven bullets can punch through their armor, so they've created these super armored elves with massive, great big magical shields," you know, it's like this would <laughs> be exactly the same. Thing, everyone would have gone, what? What's going on? You know, like, it would have blown the lid off of Warhammer Fantasy. But now, you know, you know that that kind of all that that Sigma meme of you can't just open a new storm chamber. And say, yeah. The hell I can! It's exactly the way it's going, isn't it? So yeah, loving that, loving that. I want RK on now. Well, the model, yeah. I yeah. think it would take me a good two months to paint Archeon. Me too. Yeah. At, at, at a normal speed. <laughs> if yeah. I was painting it competition standard, I think I'd be there for half a year. He's so cool. And now he's got an army. And yes, they look so good. There's one particular knight on the left of the picture that's sort of riding and it's got it's like a slight 
turn to the steed and it's just incredible it's so good uh i do agree with you though i mean as much yeah. as i love chaos i would love to see some knights like classic i mean i think we'll probably not see it but ri- imagine reichsguard knights in the silver with the red and the white plumes but done like that yeah i know it's a bit too close to the mm. To the real world in inverted commas, isn't it? To make a knight that looks like a knight, and but I, I even I, they just change the armor, make it look more mm. fantastical, and stick a good guy on a horse. I'd love it, absolutely love it. They would never be that big though, unless it was Stormcast. That's true. But then they'd be riding on like griffins or something, <laughs> or Pegasus. Wouldn't it be awesome if there was units of knights riding Pegasus? Mm, I think that's a bit old, bit old fashioned. Yeah, it's <laughs> bit, that's been done. Is it? Is it really? There? Oh, do you know they are the models I miss the most. Are they out of that range? Oh, I always wanted Pegasus knights. I'm so gutted I never picked up a box set of Pegasus knights. Oh, I've just... I'm I'm really quite gutted with myself that I I didn't pick myself up. A Britannian army full stop, to be honest. Thank you very much, Jay. But there we are. I'm also excited about the um, w- the where Warcry is going at the moment. So those two new monsters, <clears throat> mm-hmm. for me, feel a lot like um, Blackstone Fortress kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's allowing Games Workshop to make monster models just because they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> and... I think that's an awesome place for any miniatures design team to be, to be allowed to create characters and monsters, units and beasties that wouldn't fit into a massive bath army, but a yeah. fine, you know, as one-off models in skirmish games. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's almost like 40k and fantasy have done a full circle. What started off as skirmish models that they wrote mm. rules for to turn into battles. Yeah. So now I almost feel like you're going in the opposite direction. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted because I'm watching, I'm looking at a picture of um, the Chaos Lord on top of the, like, Dino Dragon monster. Yeah. I can also see your eyelids drooping. Yeah, well, it's been a long day. But this Chaos guy... Oh. It's a great model. Yeah, it is. I wonder if they're going to... I'd really be tempted to do... Archeon's Legion as well, rather than just painting them red. Oh yeah, I would definitely paint them as Archeon's Legion. I would definitely do that. <laughs> Looks so good. I love it. I and I would absolutely do that. I would this I because it would tie it, for the for you and your force of you know bit from every god, which will happen probably sometime by the time you're 150. Um, you'll yeah. end up with like a 16,000 point corn army. With like a splattering of the other gods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's exactly what would happen. But if you were genuine about doing that, like, four god army, then having like a backbone of them, that would look amazing. Yep. Absolutely yep. amazing. I love that they just make random monsters now. I've literally just had that conversation with you. Have you? I've literally just had that conversation with you. I'm agreeing with you. I agree with everything you said. (laughs) 
Wow. What happened to have effect, that effect on everybody? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> In my defence, I think Hannah's crying and I'm sort of half listening to her. Yeah. Let's check Harriet's getting there. That's my uh, excuse. Well, it's a reasonable excuse. It's a reasonable excuse. So if we... Oh, this seems... Like, there's a whole bunch more Age of Sigma stuff that we have missed off of our list. On the um, magical lists of what's coming out, there's uh, Chaos Warrior, or Slaves to Darkness, Endless Spells. Is there? Hmm. That's cool. It's odd how certain things don't get them, and some do, isn't it? Yeah, it just it seems like whatever army I'm collecting doesn't get. Oh yeah, I really wanted the foot of Gork as an Ender spell. I I must be honest, I do find that odd. You could just go and go to like a charity shop and get the leg off a mannequin and spray it green. Yeah, but there's no rules for it anymore. Yeah, but who needs rules when you just literally go smash on the table? Yeah, do you know? I think that would make me the least popular person in wargaming. Mm, yeah. Which would be quite a drop from the second most popular person in Wargaming. <laughs> oh, you're full of self-love this weekend, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm trying to find... Ooh, Blood Bowl Ogres as well. Oh, it's there we are. That's what I know, but... Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So, yeah, you got the Blood Bowl Ogres... They are lovely. Yeah, in lovely, fact, we haven't lovely, talked. Lovely. We haven't actually talked much about the ogres at all, have we? So, the ogres have been, of um, from what I've seen so far, there's some really cool stuff that they're they're doing with them. Um, the noblers are back, at, yeah, as noblers rather than grots, which is yeah, ace because I love noblers and I really hope they bring back the hunters, the trappers. Because yeah, I'm hoping that they'll do them as a a legendary Warhammer Legends, like yeah. Cause... I mean, it'd be nice if they were around for a while, but it, even if they were at least just like a one-off. Because I really want the guy in the cloak as my goblin coach for Blood Bowl. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that it. is a great idea. Yeah, well excited about I... that. Mm. I ordered the goblin cards yesterday because I realised like. I've got a goblin, or I've got four goblins, and a troll. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I need them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Noblars are back. It, it, they're not grots anymore. They are part of the... They're reinstated as part of the um, you know, ogre's background, which I really like. Um, one of the things to talking to um, Marcus, who collects ogres, is they, they can have both standards in a unit. Both standard choices in a unit at the same time, which is quite cool. There are lots of units. All my units can do that. Both standards in a unit of yeah. in a unit of very little. Well, no, I mean that's different. Then they are little units, which is not the same. But um, normally, it's like you have to have. 10 models to do to have one and then another 10 models you can have the other one yeah yeah 
but I suppose it's because I've never really done that. Mm. That I'm, I've always split these units up, but because he's, he has them in such small units, I think you can have both within, you know, one for every three, which is. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can have a unit of six and have both standards, which is, I think, really quite cool and very powerful. Um, mm. And I, I've got to say again that the new uh, man eater is just awesome. Yeah, absolutely I, awesome. It's quite cool to see all of the man eaters. The original man eaters are still available on the website. Yeah, I'm really really happy about that because some of those are just fantastic models in their own right. Probably best not to leave it too long. No, I know, but it's a lot of money to get them all. Yeah. The um I think the big box set sold out, didn't it, the ogre? They do very quickly. Yeah. Well, but then you've got like you I think even if you weren't an ogre fan, there's a lot of people who'd want it. It's the first chance to get your hand on the bone bone reapers. Yeah. Um and it's your first hand to get the chance to get your hands on the new ogre stuff, so Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Very popular. It's good. Good time to enjoy some Age of Sigma. So we um, we played. Um, we went up to Warhammer World and had a couple of games of Age of Sigma, which was very exciting um, oh. to sort of celebrate. Just I think reaching fifty episodes in a way. We did mean to record it that weekend, but no. I was too busy commiserating the lack of Bakewell tarts. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I played Wazza, and you played. Um, you played against then, the uh, ogres, didn't you? Yeah, but pre their new book, and I still lost. <laughs> I'm so bad. Oh dear! Having those whopping great big models mixed in with ogres, mixed in with noblars, it's going to be one hell of an army. Mm. I think there's going to be so much variety possible with that. It's going to be superb. But I played against Dan. Um, and developed bitter hatreds for some of the order units. Um, <laughs> he's a good general. There's no two ways about it. It hasn't taken him long to put together one hell of an army out of that book. Mind you, having said that, I, it's not like I think about what I'm doing with Age of Sigma. It is very much run forward and hit them. No. Which is it's exactly what I did. I did run forward and I did hit them and then got hit really, really hard. <laughs> really, really hard. They don't die easily, those um, Eternal Guard, when they're buffed up like he does them. No. No, they definitely don't. Fit their name, Eternal Guard. Yes, absolutely. They are very good. In fact, I haven't played Dan for a while, actually. It must be about time for another game. What I like... Try and get one in. What I liked about that new book is that I felt, when as I was playing him, that I could see the different units that my old High Elf models would be able to stand in as proxies for. Yeah, he spoke to me about that. So that's good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, the hunters would be white lions, you know, for example. Um, the Eternal Guard, I think the Loth and Sea Guard would make completely reasonable Eternal Guard. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm really quite excited about that now. Good. That is good. I No, I think it's nice doing armies like that, where you can get that crossover going. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a completely legit way of having an Eternal Guard unit. Yeah, definitely. I think um, 
Eternal Guard now are just awesome. Yeah. It's good though, because it's good that elves are as good as they should be. Yeah. It's also quite a unique set of rules in the sense that it makes that it that it reads and sounds like a unit of people who have trained together to use their shields and formation to beat bigger and tougher units. Yeah. And that is exactly what an elven shield war was about. That it was about discipline and skill and teamwork rather than being bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're fighting Chaos Warriors, you're never gonna outpunch them. But if they've got no. They've got an eight-foot mithril spear through the face before they've managed to do anything. <laughs> it it kind of solves the issue quite nicely. I was going to say it's fairly effective. Um, so yeah, I was I've, I was very happy to see that there's more than enough sort of scope to proxy. Good. Yeah. Well, that's one of the nice things in a book like that book as well because it's got so many different choices and selections. Then, there, yeah, there's always going to be good opportunity for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, so um, now we've bimbled our way through. Um, or oh, just to add in, was a absolute smash me. The <laughs> was <laughs> I think it was over by the end of turn one, basically. <laughs> really, <laughs> realistically. Um, so if you're going up against me in the grand tournament in January, you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right, so bring, bring that brings together or brings to a close our Age of Sigma section, um, and we shall head into the community. Hail to the community! Uh, which Hail community. Slightly out of order in listening because it's when we hear the reveals from Saturday night, so you can hear Dan go mental. If you <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. Um, See you in the community. Yeah, see you in the community. Oh, guys! Right, so, um, Ben and I are recording this, and Blood <laughs> and Glory uh, is on, and the previews have just gone live, and I've just had a flipping moment... Uh, looking at something i've only got part way through um and we thought well actually this is a community event let's let's record this and stick it in as the community section so you will have seen this stuff by now uh, but this is genuinely some of the in the moment reactions uh so starting at the top the first thing that we've seen is the monsters uh for war cry now these were awesome and i, I you know i saw them uh, and Ben obviously saw them as well, and, and my reaction was, was wow, those are really, really nice, really like them. Ben then started laughing and saying, Dan, you are in so much trouble if you're going to try not to buy things. <laughs> you and are like, in oh, no. so much trouble. So the next, uh, <laughs> the next thing is the Slaves to Darkness, and I flippin' exploded, so I'm going to put the video on, and it is just amazing. So hopefully you've seen this by now. But we're going to get new Chaos Warriors. And they look so good. There's like some real classic ones. And then there's some knights. And then this dude is right. I don't even know what it is. Look at this flipping Chaos Monster Dinosaur Beast. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They're so <laughs> dynamic. 
This is what Age of Sigmar was made for, guys. This is why it is better not to rank your models up because you can do stuff like this. It is so good. <laughs> yes. So, um, that is amazing. Ben, I'm sorry. I know I'm just going, oh, there's the got pictures of the actual units. Oh, look at these knights with lances. Oh my goodness. They're just, look at the energy in these miniatures, dude. They're know, just amazing. They're, I know. Oh, and we're going to get a battle tome. Oh, this is going to be proper battle. Oh, what is this thing? What does it say? Uh, what, what does it say? The huge model is a dark mirror, a monster mounted castle. Well, it doesn't tell me what it is. It's a big monster. Right. What, what else is down here? That's just a cool picture. Right. We're into 40k now. Psychic awakening, faith and fury. So there's a chaos sorcerer on there. New rules. You guys are all heret heretical scum. <laughs> what a lie. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> so there's going to be new rules for World Eaters as well. So that's rather exciting. It's about time Chaos got some releases. Um, Sisters of Battle, dude. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Sisters of Battle? Yeah, I, the, the new like, tank is just... What did that say? Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> what is that? That is a lifetime of faith is a journey of a million steps, but it's faster in a tank. Oh, amazing, dude! It's tank. got a stained glass flipping window. Oh, mate! Oh, oh that's so good. Those braziers are going to be used for everything. Yeah. Oh, mate! That is just. Yes, that is Sisters of Battle Tanks taken to the next level, isn't it? Yep. That is so good. Oh, oh look at that one with all the missiles. Oh, that Chaos Sorcerer is nice, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is really. Oh, what's this? The Lord of Death Rises. Long have I waited, long have I hungered to return. But I am there. Have you not oh, worked out who it is yet? It's blood. It's Mephiston. Yeah, it is. Oh, Tom's gonna go mental. Yeah, oh. I'm Ross. It's lush. So that actually is not far off how we do most of our reveals when we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that is stonking, isn't it? Those uh, slaves that to is... darkness. I did not see... Why did I not see that? I didn't see that coming at all, babe. I didn't really. Um, and, and do you know what? I was just looking at the old Chaos Warrior models and thinking... You know what? I really like them, um, and I've always really liked them, but they're just a little bit too static. Um, well, they're not anymore. They look exactly the same. They have the same aesthetic. It's just that they are moving. They they are really moving. Incredible, dude. They look incredible. And this is what I... I mean, it goes back to things I've said before. I don't want to see... Fallen Stormcast. I don't want to see Fallen in, um, Primaris. When a Chaos Warrior like that 
is a chaos version of a Stormcast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't... It's... That's my personal feelings, yeah, though. But, you, I mean, when you've got you, units like that... I don't like think that, you need it. You don't need no. it. And I, I just like the hope that there's incorruptible people out there. It isn't not everyone, but just something that's incorruptible. No, and the thing is, as well, they're not, they're not infallible, and there's just... still like things with them. But they don't have to just, you know, we are far past a time when Games Workshop had to go right. Well, here's the thing, Good. and here's the thing with spikes on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's more to it than that. More shades of grey. <laughs> Yeah, they are superb. Not fifty though, because that no. would be weird. Well, there's there's probably about fifty in a Slanesh army. Oh, <laughs> the knights! <laughs> I would love to see some like human knights with the same energy as those. They yeah. look like they're about to just drive through a unit, don't they? Imagine, I know, like it's an old concept. Oh, well, from the old world, but Reichsguard. Yeah, done out like that. Yeah, yeah, but I want to see units of of knightly orders. You yeah, know, of course. Like and why that. would you not? I mean, the Mortal Realms is absolutely perfect for knightly orders because, like, Bretonians went off to slay dragons. Well, flipping heck knows what you could go off and slay in the Mortal Realms. Yeah, you know. So you're you're in trouble, mate. Really, quite so, frankly. Yeah, to be to be honest, that is that is monstrous because they would look great in red as well these are all specifically undivided as well aren't they uh slaves of darkness is undivided although archaon uh was able to give his varangard in fact in fact all slaves of darkness units can be given okay <gasps> oh i hope they keep that <laughs> that will change. That will change the thing from the battle tome because the battle tome will have certain rules in it that you'll get if your army is slaves to darkness allegiance. But it would mean that I could get units and give them the corn keyword, and they'd be mortal. And unlike beastmen who aren't mortal, so a lot of the synergies don't work for them. They would for these guys. <laughs> oh. Dude, that Ghana monster. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's it's like pretty big. this is why I love the Mortal Realms and I love Fantasy. I it's just brilliant. It's like, how could we take a dinosaur and make him more Warhammer? I know. Let's slap some armor plates on him. Look yep. at that. Look at I look at I've got he's got a flipping massive sword. And he's like, but just in case that isn't enough. I'm going to have this flipping massive axe as well. Well, it's this chaos, so don't do things rationally, mate. Well, no, why Why would you? That's boring. Have you seen, seen the picture of him below with his helmet on? It's really good. Oh, yes. He's like a mini Archeon, isn't he? Yeah. And behind, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's, there's trees with giblets hanging off of them. And I'm yeah, trying to work yeah, yeah. out... I'm trying to work out whether or not they are giblets taken from other places and stuck on a tree, an actual tree. I think they, I think they are because I think those giblets are from the um, war cry scenery. Okay, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, that makes sense. 
They are superb. They they could even like tempt me to adding them to my mixed chaos thing that I just ended up having because you collect the other box sets. Because I'd love to do those those guys in silver plate armor covered in blood. I think they would look fantastic. You're gonna get well, they... Black Templars rules, dude. I know. Am I going to go back to my first? Well, that was the army I was doing when I joined Games Workshop, wasn't it, Black Templars? The, the problem is, man, there is nothing. There is not one thing in that reveal that, that I you wouldn't say, want. I don't, I don't. I don't want that. Yeah. And actually, previously, there's been a few releases where I've been able to say, "Nah, okay, nah, okay." This is going to be harder to say, "Nah, okay." Yeah, I mean, I, I've Those been quite lucky with that recently. So just off, out of this world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I have been quite lucky recently because that that flesh and bones thing, um, is. I didn't want that, and I didn't want the elder one. So I've been, I have been relatively lucky with um. With the releases recently, because it's nice not having the need to buy a box set, really. <laughs> yeah, that is that's one so hell of a reveal. Is so good. I'm really. It harkens back to the classics. Yes, it does very much. So harkens back to the classics. I'm really um excited about a new Mephiston. I'm mean, not Blood Angels really, player. I'm really, really excited about him. Because I, I know I know a lot of Blood Angels players, and they're going to absolutely love that. Yes. And also, why would you not have a flipping hull-mounted heavy bolter on a Rhino chassis? Like you just would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they look so good, don't they? Well, I'm quite excited by all of that. So should we move on to our typical community stuff now that we've um, gone all Age of Sigmar again? Uh, yes. Not just <laughs> Age of Sigmar. There was some 40k in there. There was some 40k in there. Oh, some excellent mate. 40k. So, um, <clears throat> uh, I have um, not been as active on Facebook as I recently have been, but I... We're always trying to call people, call people out. That sounds a bit aggressive, doesn't it? But if I see painted, <laughs> if I you? see painted, why have you painted that so well? Oh, I have know. you. Um, that have caught my eye, even on casual perusing. Um, and there's one which I've posted a number of times now on uh, on our group chat that we have with like us and. The guys who like sort of do most of our hobby with, <clears throat> and it's an artist called Bohun, uh, B O H U N, and um, his name, uh, his his account is on Facebook. Sorry, and his work is just absolutely stunning. He the the two things that have stuck out for me recently is been his uh, Jane's R with some sort of shiny chrome non-metallic metal armor, um, which I. I love models that look bright but grimdark at the same time. I think that's a really challenging thing to pull off. Um, and I think he's done it on, on that model. I'm absolutely in love with the chrome armor. And, um, 
I'm really keen to actually try doing reflective surfaces for non-metal metallic, so reflecting other colours onto it. Um, it's not something I've ever done before, and I'm really keen to give it a go. And the other one that stuck out is his um, white scar that he's recently done with a similar sort of thing. Um, but what's ended up happening is both legs have almost got their own sort of colour tone to them. Um, mm-hmm. And as a result, I think it just adds so much more character to the model. I absolutely love it. So, um, there's that. That is my artist that I'm going to call out this week. I've, I'm afraid I haven't got more than that. Um, but I would like to, before I move on, say, um, I was a bit disappointed, well, disappointed, gutted to see that um, Gareth Nicholas is leaving the Games Workshop Studios. Announced it on um, Instagram. He's been a big supporter and a, a friend of us from from like very early on in the podcast and um very sad to see that he's leaving the group but it's not it's for personal reasons and i'm you know all the best to him hope things go well but um we'll miss you in uh in the team i'm sure and i'm sure that the team will miss you too um just want to give you a shout out and say um thanks for listening thanks for supporting as well yeah definitely definitely um I get the absolute pleasure to look through the hobby group. And it's been uh, insane this last month. It has. There's been some wonderful stuff um, in you there. Got, you work out for you, buddy. <laughs> well, I yeah, but, I mean, to be honest, Pete Allison is kicking off my scrolling in style with this Chaos Warrior come dark... Like, undead stormcast it's just amazing absolutely amazing and and using the spirits and it just ties together so well and the colors and i think that's a classic skull actually as well from some of the classic warriors which kind of works really nicely yeah but um, the old the old classic skeleton warrior yeah yeah, yeah. and the yeah. simplicity of the scythe it just yeah it's just absolutely I think the... excellent to be fair <laughs> thing I like about it the most is that it is simple structures that it's been made to look awesome by the quality of the paint job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think that's really ace, mate. I think well done on that because I, I really like that. Um, what I did also want to do is uh, shout out that the competition. So the competition was for uh, a mounted model this month. Um, so I will be putting up the the voting um, for that shortly, pulling all that together. You're looking at me as if that's not correct. No, that's correct, but I was just, just trying to think. I actually think we missed calling out the winner from the last one, dude. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. Because it's been a Okay. Because it's been a month, and we normally call it out mid the, on the middle one. Right, okay. Well, we better go and find that then, I suppose. While, while you're looking that up, I'll, I'll carry on with our little run, run through from the hob the hobby forum um the next one that i would like to shout out is richard nutter um with his insanely good armies on parade board um it is a forest scene with nighthawk running out of it and it is it is wonderful the tree looks so realistic that um it, it almost made me weep with hobby happiness it's fantastic mate absolutely love it and if you want to come and do an armies on parade board for my Oryx, <laughs> you just give me a shout, I'll let you have them. Right, let's move on down. 
Oh, mate, you need to go a bit further. Go, you keep going. But I think that's Becky Leglily has put up some hobbits, some work she's been doing on the hobbits. They look ace. Keep going and try and find them because they look really, really nice. Oh, there's so much good stuff on here, guys. I'm just trying to scroll through to find the the post. If Garen is doing non-metallic metal on a piece of scenery, he's mental. Yeah, well, there's no help in some people, is there? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, right? Yeah, very good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Simon Rogers, um, Simon Andrews, Simon Roger Brian and Simon Andrews is um, Warhammer Quest stuff. It's ceaselessly awesome. Um, love yes. his conversions and um, just the style that he's doing them in. I think they're fantastic, and I absolutely love seeing his work every single time it comes up. Um, brilliant. Did you see when Mike Parker like? Did that picture of us back when I decided I was going to do some Eldar. Yeah. You look really young. I think we both look quite young. When was we, this? Oh. It's in the same group. You'll see it as you come down through. I might, might have missed it. Well, so have you found out the winner from the last competition? No. Yeah. Oh, nearly. Nearly. I found the post now. <laughs> Uh, a level of organisation for these things is, is remarkable, really. Look, I get out of bed in the mornings and remember where I work. I think that's fairly <laughs> impressive. If I'm honest. Right. We're almost there, folks. Don't panic. So, the winner was Geraint and his wonderful Saint Celestine. And that was for the um, Wings of War competition. Excellent. One of the things I do like doing is looking up Nifty Art to put as the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's fun. Um, so this month we've got some great entries, including have. some a nice variety of stuff. There's some warmer hordes in there too for the mounted warriors. Um, so that'd be quite good fun. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So um, the, the it's now time for a new competition, um, and I think the competition. Well, I don't think I know that the the title is going to be called is going to be the darkness within. Which is basically an excuse to paint chaos models. You gonna enter, Ben? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Darkness, so darkness the within. darkness within. So I'm gonna find an awesome picture. So what, what's um, uh, what's um, December gonna be? The darkness without. Um, possibly. Okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's fine. There's the enemy within, the enemy without, and the Xenos scum. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Isn't it? 
Have we done? So, we done an alien yet? We've done an alien. We must have done an no, alien. No, I don't. I don't think we've done like a. It must be an alien. A gribbly. A gribbly. But the darkness within. So, um, any kind of mutant type weirdness, I suppose. Yeah, sounds good. Um, and uh, that so that will be November's theme. Now, I wanted to shout out uh, a new. Venue. Um, venue that's yep. in Bristol, the Manor House. Looks so good. I got to go there. Oh, mate, it was very good. Very impressed. Um, so met up with Henry Steele um, from Colt Paint um, and went down with Tom and Ben, Tom the Tank and Ben the Bass, and we played some Adeptus Titanicus, which was my first game of that, which was Ace. Um, but they couldn't have been more welcoming. It was amazing. They have got space upstairs with gaming for gaming tables. They do food. Um, we had these piles of chips with like smothered with cheese and sauce and all really uh, healthy things. Pub food. Um, Woo! <laughs> Tom has just messaged me in massive capital letters: "New Chaos Warriors, flipping Mephiston." I love it. Knew this would happen. It's great. Please. Um, Oh, that's so good. So anyway, I wonder what he felt about the uh, the reforging. Just sort of waddled through without much. Pain. <laughs> probably did. Probably was like, I have to die. I've already done that once. Done this. <laughs> um, old hat, old hat. So, um, Manor House, come on, stay focused. I know, Goodness I know, but me. <laughs> yeah, stop looking at them. I'm not looking at them. You're just dreaming about them. Yeah. Yeah. Right, come on. Manor House. Chips, piles of chips. Yeah, Titanicus. Chips, lots Henry of space. Steel. They've got different events going on. It's on White Ladies Road in Bristol, which was slightly weird because um, when we came out, there was like people sort of stumbling around, clearly on a, having a bit of a night out, and we're there with all our miniatures, just wandering along. Um, so <laughs> the parking's, parking's not as convenient as some places, um, but it's got a bar... Had a beer. I mean, come on. Draft beer. Gaming. Chips. Chips. It, <sighs> Basically, war on the world on your doorstep. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, and Ben drove. It's a good job I'd work the next day, because that could have gone terribly. It could have ended up in a lift again. <laughs> no. Uh, ended up asleep in a lift with your legs hanging out the door. Yeah. You wouldn't be specific. Yeah, but you... You've got to have your legs hanging out the door because otherwise the doors would shut and there could be an airflow problem. You have to think about these things if you're if you're planning to sort of pass out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very good, and uh, yeah. I I did put some pictures. I actually feature on their um, front page of their Facebook page as well because they've got up like a cover photo, and I'm in it. <laughs> so it's clearly it's clearly an upper class establishment. Not unconscious in a lift with you. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 they don't have a lift. <laughs> or oh, I didn't see one. They might have a lift. I don't know. They've got stairs. Um. Yeah, they're very good. Awesome. Because you you were looking forward to having uh, that as a new option, weren't you? Yeah, I think it's good to have lots of different places that you can go and play. Yeah. Um, and uh, keep things fresh. But the bar, the bar does it for me. 
the next so time I can go down a game. Easily won over by alcohol. It's it's not about the alcohol. It's about the experience. Yeah, I've heard that before. The smell, the the taste, the smooth and chilling sensation of a of a fine pint of Heineken of an evening. And right. I do enjoy my ales. Ales are for like a a warm day sat on the station of a of a steam train. Oh, dude, talking about steam trains, I need to um shout out um oh flipping heck, come on Jolly, remember what it was? Was it Realm of Sigmar on YouTube? Realm Realm of something or other. Um, hang on a minute. I am. This is brilliant tonight. This is the pinnacle. This is where we get to after fifty couple of weeks off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it is called Realms of Sigma. So Realms of Sigma YouTube channel um, does reviews, etc. Got a Facebook page. Um, the reason that they are linked to steam trains is I took Joshua. Uh, with Harriet and Hannah and we went to the railway that's nearby and I had my salamanders hoodie on and I got on and the dude that was like being the guard and helping was like yo salamanders very cool and I was like well you like trains and Warhammer you are clearly a god and I'm (laughs) going to speak to you and it turns out that he has a a YouTube channel um, and, and does some stuff so I followed them Going to try and link up with them and do some stuff at some point. Um, Excellent. But I just loved it. I, and that is why I love Warhammer Apparel. Because I met... Well, I didn't meet Chris this way. But Chris and I understood each other's mutual love for the mightiest hobby ever. Um, because I was wearing a Salamanders t-shirt. And he he recognised it. At yeah. the NCT group. And... Um, and then this as well. So, I, uh, yeah. And there's cool. new Chaos Warriors. And there's new Chaos Right, so before Dan goes on to Chaos Warriors again, should we do our events? Uh, do you know what? Yes. First event, release of new Chaos Warriors! Now, first event is a chap called Elliot Whitaker has contacted yeah. us and asked us to shush your face. Right, you done? Asked us to shush uh. Mortals, your soul is mine. <laughs> you sound more like Nagash than Chaos, dude. Hey, look, it's all good. Nagash, if you know, if he wants to come round and, and understand the true power, he's fine with that. Right. The event is a uh, doubles tournament in Swansea um, called Into the Furnace on the 1st of December. Um, to it's, I'll, we'll pop the link up obviously on our Facebook page and we'll pop it on our show notes. Um, it's actually in a place called Furnace Community Hall, which is really cool. So into the furnace at a place called Furnace near or in Swansea. Um, and it's a 2000 point one day event, 40k doubles tournament. Tickets are 30 quid a team. Um, and they have, uh, payable by PayPal. So, um, looks well organized. Um, it's a decent looking venue. I've had a little smooch around of it looking at it. Um, and the pack looks good. So if you're interested in a 40k double tournament, then that might be for you. Next is our good chaps at, um, Curtain. 
with their upcoming events. They are running a Battlefield Middle Earth event tomorrow, which will be Sunday before this is released. Absolutely loving the fact that Curtain support these smaller game systems because um, it it really makes a difference if you if you if you're represented in the in the kind of hobby establishment. You can go and play Middle Earth or um, Necromunda or Star Wars Legion or you know the game systems that. Um, that aren't as big as the as the you know the main ones and or are up and coming. So I think it's awesome that they support them. So um that's why I've shouted that out even though it's gone. Um there is a under uh, under sixteen's Youngblood forty K tournament on the sixteenth of November at Curtain. Um again I absolutely love the fact that they do under sixteens tournaments because if you're under sixteen it's quite intimidating to go up against adults and um it's a really family-friendly place. I know the guys have kids, um, and they will make it welcoming, friendly, and safe. So absolutely, if you've got kids, um, you live in the area, that would be one to think about if you, if you want to get them into the hobby or they're into the hobby. Um, they've got a Necromunda tournament um, on the same day, which is really cool because I think um, Necromunda stuff organized stuff is is really awesome especially if someone's put an effort into the narrative like you chris does for us so it's, it's wicked uh and november the 23rd they've got star wars legion southwest prime championship which has got to be awesome it's nice to see them they're doing um sort of the prime championships for, for legion as well probably doing that off the back of doing the um x-wing aren't they yes um and then, of course, we have the First Blood Age of Sigma tournament on the 7th of December, which we've been calling out over and over again. It's a whopping tournament. Um, there's already loads of places gone. Um, in fact, I haven't contacted them recently within the last couple of weeks to make sure there's any spaces, but there is a chance that there isn't. Um, and it's it's really good to go along to big tournaments. Um, and this could be one of the biggest Age of Sigma tournaments in the Southwest. Um, and it, um, hopefully it will grow and grow and grow. And, um, if you're into Age of Sigma, please support it. Unfortunately, I have been nailed by my work and I have to go to a meeting, very important meeting on that weekend, uh, which I cannot what? get out of. I know. Otherwise, I genuinely would have gone to that. Um, to, well, that's um, all right. That'd be another year. Well, I wanted to run in my Oryx, mate. Look, but there you we go. You're going to get more than enough running in your Oryx. That's your entire battle plan. Run, hit, run, <laughs> So there we go. Um, that's our friends at Curtain. So one of our friends who used to um, come into Games Virtual Plymouth is where I met him. Um, one of the guys who actually was really. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ross. 
just put in the... I'm sorry, it's not even as funny as this, but Ross has just put in the painting line that bit in from Friends and Monica. It's like, seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> what, from Ephiston? Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, I love Friends so much, and that is so funny, and it fits so well, and that's just tickled me. well now you've shared in it yes that is funny but phil (laughs) back on topic dan um, was a a chap who i met in games workshop plymouth when i got back into the hobby um a long time ago and he along with a couple of other guys that we knew from games workshop plymouth have set up the plymouth troll troll slayers and uh, they have their first event this weekend that have been supported by Cross Swords. Um, it's an Age of Sigma event, and it looks really cool. The setup looks fantastic. I'm sorry we haven't been able to shout it out before it happened, dudes, but um, we will let us know, and we will certainly give you know as much support as we can for future ones, um, because it's it's just all part of the community building up Age of Sigma and um, tournaments, which I don't see we see enough down here. Um, and other than that, I haven't seen any other events that have, like, popped up on my feed, Dan. You? No. No? Well, guys, if you are running an event, then please do let us know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because community is the most important issue for us. We absolutely, um, want to support everyone we can in developing, like, the local community. So, um, give us a shout and we'll do everything we can to help. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the community is, um, well, it's the heart and soul, isn't it, really? So, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> right, Dan. Indeed. Are you, you going to be okay to go on to the wilds, or are you going to find yourself another meme to. Honestly, give? I'm sorry. I've just. It's, it's, it's like a combination. It's like a drug. It's like I've got up. At five o'clock this morning to get ready for work, I'm shattered. I've had a coffee. I've 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 just had distilled excitement. Like I love I love miniature soldiers. Okay, that's just a given. No. I particularly like and love Games Workshop miniature soldiers. Okay, yeah. I even more like ones that I've only just seen, <laughs> yeah. and I flipping love chaos. Okay. So this is just all the ingredients. Oh, and I'm quite excitable. <laughs> yes, you are. That is yeah. true. So right now is essentially like I've had a crate of Red Bull. I'm going to have a hangover in the morning, like an actual hobby hangover from, from this excitement. I know it. It's going to happen. I think the only way that it could have been more exciting is if you'd seen it on a billboard on the side of a train. Let's move on, because I nearly said something inappropriate then, and we don't need that on this show. All right, let's move into the wild. We'll see you in the wild. Hi guys, welcome to Into the Wilds. I don't know if I'm introducing, but I am introducing because we kind of lost track. And then in between recording the last segment and this one, we've talked about buying a 
T fifty two? Did you just T fifty four? T fifty four. Ninety thousand quid. That's a bargain, 94. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That and a um and a Ford Mustang Boss four two nine, which is a little bit more outside of our budget at two hundred thousand, <laughs> not including import fees. <laughs> but <laughs> neither of those are miniatures. Um, both of those are hobbies that we can't afford. So should we talk about things that we still can't afford? <laughs> yeah, why not? That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. So I've got two. I got. Um, want to have a little bit of a chat about Legion, Star Wars yeah. Legion. So that's quite cool because I don't really know much about it. I know superficial amounts about it. So I've not played it, um, but everyone in the local group is really into it at the moment, and it's getting a lot of support from Curtin, so they've been up to a tournament recently and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think sometimes it's really good to... um, Well, I'll start with explaining why I'm not doing Star Wars Legion, and it's not because... The game doesn't look fun because I've watched a couple of guys play one and it looked, it did look fun. It looked streamlined. Um, it looked very sort of card based in a, and tokens and special dice. I think it's, is it made by Fantasy Flight? It is. And it's very, it's a very Fantasy mm. Flight like game. Um, but it did look like it played well. And, yeah. Yeah. They, um, Fantasy Flight made great stuff. It's, the reason why I'm not playing it isn't because it doesn't look fun, but because I just I can't do it to myself, Dan. I can't oh, do I it know. to myself. Because I know what I'm like. The problem is with Star Wars is that there's background and lots of yep. background, and yep. I couldn't just collect a couple of squads of stormtroopers. I'd end up having to have a platoon or a company or whatever force organization that they were. And I wouldn't be able to do things like have snow troopers with normal troopers, and so then I'd have to have a snow trooper army, and I it would just go mental. And I can't do it to myself. I can't face doing it. Nope. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't look at it and enjoy it, um, and enjoy other people enjoying it. Um, I've got to say the models aren't the. I suppose we we are we're spoiled when it comes to miniatures, aren't we? Not just Games Workshop, but Lots of companies make very, very high quality miniatures. So as soon as you see one that's a little below that kind of par, it's noticeable. And I think that my feeling, and I'm, people may disagree with me, but that I, I don't think that the fantasy flight miniatures are that wonderful. It does mean that you're, you're less likely to spend hours on them because they don't kind of beg you to do that. That makes any sense. Having said that, they are the nicest range of Star Wars miniatures out there, I think. Um, which is also worth pointing out. And they're talking about an 8080 now. That's like been rumored. That would be insane. That would be huge. <laughs> it, it would. Um, but what, what I wanted to, the reason why I've sort of wanted to bring them up today is, is because the new release I found really exciting. So the one that's coming up is droids. Uh, the B1 battle droids and the phase one clone troopers, which is, um, going back to episode one, two, and three, which is, mm. I think clone wars, there's a lot to open up there. Um, in fact, a lot more units and combat background, uh, 
than there is for you know, episodes four, five, and six, because there's a Clone Wars cartoon series. There was lots of computer games um, for it. It was it was a lot more like fleshed out, as it were. Do you remember the? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, the, clo- the clo- when you were the clone soldiers, when you, the computer game, and I don't think any of that got canned when Disney took over the license. So there's a lot more combaty stuff that they can work through. I think I'd be a lot more comfortable collecting stormtroopers, clone warriors, than stormtroopers. I, I, I don't really want like the idea of collecting Imperium because they're baddies. but um i could i could equally get on board with um the droids i think they would be quite good fun and the models are really dynamic and look ace so um yes there we go i I think if you're interested in star wars because we haven't really shouted this out since we um first saw it ages ago then it's it's definitely worth having a look at if you're into 28 scale or 32 scale war games because it does play really well um and it's managed to grab everybody in our local group so marcus john um ross uh simon all of them are playing it um so worth having a look i think fantasy flight make great games i love their stuff i love their attention to detail and the quality of like their card stock and things um i think what they are particularly good at is um, doing justice to a, an IP. Yes. Um, I think they did with Games Workshop when they did Games Workshops. I think they did a really nice job of that. I think what's interesting is their miniatures game, their Rune Wars miniatures game, and you know, I know you don't necessarily know what's going on everywhere, but you don't really see a lot about that. And the, the independent stockists that I know that have stocked it have had a real trouble shift in it. Um, it's big in America I, though, isn't it? Is it? See, I wouldn't. I didn't yeah. know that. So it is big in America. Oh, that's interesting. Well, so I see a lot so of American painters painting it. Is probably a better way for me to say it. So yeah. Oh well, that's that's interesting because I was actually going to say, oh, it seems they're much better at working with and doing justice to an IP than creating one. Yeah. But if that is is big in in America, then maybe that's not fair. But that's not supposed to be a negative anyway that's that's about the fact that they are very good at doing justice to ip i'm expecting them to take on alien versus predator yeah that would be good and um if they do i'd still very happy that i got the alien versus predator models <laughs> yeah. it'd just be nice to have a new set of rules to, to use them with and yeah, i think it's definitely. how much alien versus predator cost me is is what's mainly putting me off Star Wars Legion, I think. Um, mm. But you know, maybe in the future, there's definitely some appeal to the fact that you don't have to assemble the models very much at all. That's that's a big yeah. Appeal. It's nice if they're quick, isn't it? Although cleaning them up apparently is is a horror show in its own right. Um, but I mean, if any of you guys follow uh, Marcus O'Reilly, who um, is a chap that. Uh, we do painting night with up here um ex golden demon winner he um he cannot paint a model quickly it is almost genetically impossible for him to do any form of painting quickly and the last couple of weeks he's painted a legion model in an evening 
So it, you know, maybe it does lend itself to that kind of way of doing things. And um, Simon's done a whole stormtrooper, or no, rebel army in a month. So maybe it does lend itself to that a little bit more. So anyway, I I'm, I thought it'd be worth us sort of giving a little bit of a a shout out. I'm intending a little bit more as it's becoming popular in, in the area in the world mm. to do a little bit of an update every time um, because it is growing and I do love Star Wars and and I'd like quite like to get somebody on to have a chat about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Simon Ross and John together would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Get them all on and they could yeah. have an argument about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. You the more people you get on, the more differing opinions you're likely to get. But yeah. no, we'll get one of the one of the guys done because they all know vast amount more than I do about it. And and John does a podcast on it, which um, is the last thing I wanted to shout out. And called the Scruffy Looking Nerf Herder um, through House of Chaos Games. So if you're interested in Star Wars Legion and you want to know more about it, I'd like to signpost you to that because um, it's very good. And where is where is that hosted? Um, if you go into the House of Chaos Games website, yeah. And, and just, presumably, is it through, can it be found on Spotify and Podbean and the others? It's on Podbean. The the most awesome of all podcasting hosters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gruffy looking nerf herders. It is, it is on, it is on Podbean. Yeah. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. But it's the one that looks more like it's got like House of Chaos Games style writing. <laughs> Right, the other thing I want to talk about is is a little bit um, unusual. So, Dan and I are both role players as well as model tabletop miniature gamers. Um, although, I, I, one of the things I have found, and I'm sure Dan will agree, that actually pinning down a group of role players and getting them to attend regularly to do anything it is literally the archetype of the definition herding cats. Yeah. It is virtually impossible unless you really, really work at it. Um, but I'm very pleased to say that um, I now have a regular uh, Pathfinder group. I've talked about it before, um, that we meet up at least every other week, if not every week. And that story is progressing awesomely. And um, it's the most fun I've had role-playing in a, in a long, long time. And that's thanks to uh, Ross for, for dungeon mastering it. But... It's, it's not particularly what I want to talk about tonight. What I wanted to talk about is um, because I'm really, I've always been really keen in in um, introducing Tristan to my friends uh, and having them part of his life and having you know, them. He he hangs out with them with me and he comes and plays games with us. Um, so he is, you know, being introduced into the hobby um, at an early age. So helps him build his confidence in it, and I think. Um, it does him a world of good. But obviously with role-playing, that's always been a bit of a challenge. And what he tends to see is he'll come and sit with us sometimes if he hasn't already gone to bed for painting night for a little bit and then shuffle his way upstairs. Edwin's a little bit young yet, although she does. <laughs> um, but with the role-playing group, what tends to happen is everyone turns up and then, it, but he's going to bed and he doesn't really, he wants to know what's going on and wants to give it a go. And so what Joe started to do is tell him what happened in the morning over breakfast the night before, oh, yeah. which he absolutely loves. And um, of course, there's 
edited bits because last week um, our halfling um, fighter has half tamed a um, a, a massive great big di- a dire boar who and had unleashed it on a bunch of bandits and he'd been throwing them around and eating them and basically making a mess of them and uh, so it wasn't really under 18 material <laughs> to be perfect no. so things were edited <laughs> but as a result um, he wants to play so I went out and had a look around and found a fantastic game system called Hero Kids um, it's very very simple of course it's not for them to dungeon master it's for an adult to dungeon master them yeah um, but it's very, very simple from their perspective to understand how to play it. The rule book is, is, I think, six, nine, six dollars, um, to download from their website. And it contains, um, like a bunch of stuff and a, and a, I think a, f- a few quest ideas. Uh, and actually, but then the whole, whole quest pack, which I think was called, the first one is called Seller of Rats or something like that. Um, yeah, what wasn't expensive either, and it comes with little paper miniatures that you can cut out and um and and use. It comes with a bunch of pre-made characters for the kids to use. Um, it's got loads of tropes in it that they can recognise. Like the girl hunter uses her hair as a whip, so Elowin immediately recognised her as Rapunzel. Um, yeah, it's from four yeah. to ten year olds, and I've been reading the rules and sort of running through it. The scenario, so when I play it with them, um, I'll be able to do it fairly smoothly. It is fantastic, mate. Absolutely one of the best introductions I could have hoped for for um, kiddie role playing. So I'm really excited about it. It's like, it's what six quid for a rule book is ridiculous. Um, With maps, with that sounds great, all sorts of stuff. And it's got loads of expansions. Um, including how to change the change it up to make your characters superheroes, so make it like a more modern setting. So, um, oh, that's a good idea. So yeah, um, isn't it? I, like I think it's, yeah, because kids love superheroes as well. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Um, it's cool because it sounds genuinely like somebody's just trying to help kids get into the hobby. Well, it's it started off. If you searched Hero Kids on your phone now, you would find. Um, the main site is a blog, and I couldn't find on the blog how to download it at all, so I had to look around. And there's a there's um, there's a sort of hosting site that you can download it from. But he started it as a, a thing on his blog, and for for his kids, he wrote it to play to role play with his kids. Um, so it is made by a parent for that age group, um, and as a result, it it's not a company trying to sort of do it by, um, you know, testing it on kids. He, he's, mm. you know, he's actually built it with them in mind and had them around and he's done it. So I'm, I think it's great. And, you know, if you're, if you're, and I know a lot of people who listen to this appearance, I would suggest giving it a go, giving it a look because, um, I'm really impressed with it. Really, really impressed with it. Yeah, it sounds ace. I like the sound of that. Be getting that for Joshua when he turns four. He actually sat on the end of the gaming table the other day when Dan and I were playing, and was playing with some uh, of my Chaos Marauders. Um, 
marauder type dudes and some little bases and he loves it he just loves sitting there being with daddy it's great rolling the dice he did climb onto the table at one point which is a bit hairy um well it's effectively a god beast isn't it well that's what i thought yeah it's good yeah it's good very good very good what's nice as well is that the guys are really patient with him um, well this i really appreciate this is what I mean about like having your kids around your friends. I think it's really helpful for them. not all the time, but you know, I think no, no, you know, particularly the guys that come to painting night and um, and John have always been ace with the kids. So and it makes a big difference because you know I think when it comes to life, actually, it's there is a very clear and obvious definition between adult and child life for for kids and. Mm. But I want Tristan to realise that there are some similarities too, that friends yeah. are friends and, you know, building friendships and playing with your friends one way or another is a lifelong thing. Um, yeah. and, and how to treat each other when you're an adult. I want all those things to come across. Um, so, so I think it's ace. And yeah, that's definitely. why I do it. And I think the hobby is such a perfect way for them to learn those kind of um like really important messages like respect and how to win gracefully and all of those things can be can be you know taught to a kid by by means of the hobby um and i'm i'm enjoying exploring it more and more but role playing i'm <laughs> the other one i've been looking at is um which is funny because one of the first episodes you told me that there was a My Little Pony role playing and I nearly laughed myself off the chair. Um, which is, <laughs> that was 50 episodes ago practically. But I think, you know, now I'm actually quite a big My Little Ponies fan sitting watching it with the little girl. Um, so that's the other option I'm looking at because I think she'd love <laughs> making a unicorn and. Although she'd want to be a princess every time, an alicorn. It's quite funny trying to explain to her, like logically, and you, you, it's so nerdy. But like, like, oh, Elowin, you, you can't be an alicorn because there's only four of them, and you know, and you can't be one of those because then it's not you're not really representing you in the game, are you? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, so what character do you want to be? A princess? Well, you can't be a princess. And oh, we've been over this, Elowin. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. Cool. Well, that's me done, mate. Um, unless you've got anything else to um, throw into the Into the Worlds? No, not this time, buddy. I mean, there's loads of stuff. I've noticed that um, TT Combat have continued with and released a bunch more of retooled sculpts for um, Drop Zone Commander. And, oh, yeah. and they've also... I didn't clock this until the other day, but there's... I'm not sure if it's out or it's coming out, but there's another expansion called the Reconquest of Earth. And it's the first one where they've actually bought the Drop Zone Commander and the Drop Fleet Commander together into one book. Oh, very uh, good. Which is quite cool. Um, but yeah, so more, more and more of the stuff is being retooled, um, which is nice because it is, a, it is a lovely game and, a testament to, to Dave who designed it. But at the moment, it when so much stuff is sold out, it's hard to really commit to these things. Sold out? 
yeah, like, like stuff that's not available because it, you know, it's sold out and they haven't remade the 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 tooling and stuff for it yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, T two are getting around to it. They'll they'll get yeah, there eventually. Yeah, they're, yeah. Get, they're getting there. They're getting there. Yeah. Their their um production rate at the moment. I mean, we talk about it with Games Workshop a lot, but. TT Combat, it, and it's it's reflected across so many companies, but the the amount of stuff that they're releasing is insane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. insane. They got loads of it. Yeah, and it's really good value as well. Their yeah. Warcry stuff is ridiculous. What did you show me the other day? And I was like, that cannot be twenty five quid. Twenty six pound. Yeah, that was their um, Nihilus. Um. Stuff I can't I can't remember what it was called now. I was just looking for it now. Uh, it's quite new. Why can't I find it easily? It'd be on the front page, I suspect. Sector Nihilus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got like a Nihilus gateway, which is um like a Stargate type chaosy thing, which is very nice. Nine quid. <laughs> A Nihilus Floor Strider, which is funny. It's like um it if you imagine a demonic um Storm Shield landing pad w- with legs. Um, <laughs> so, so that's kind of funny. It strolls around. And yeah, the Scepter Nihilus industrial thing. It's just mental. Mm. So Lovely. So um, that okay. brings us to the end of, of episode 50, which is insane in its own right. Um, huge yes, thank you to everyone who has joined us from episode one. That means you've listened to us for well over 100 hours. It's a long time. Which is a bit scary, really. Yeah. That means We're sorry. <laughs> recorded talking to you for over a hundred hours, and that's scary in its own right. Yeah, um, medal in the post. And as ever, a massive thank you to our patrons who um, very much facilitate us being able to do this. Um, because there is expense; it is <laughs> difficult to keep up with it sometimes, um, and they make it all possible. So, massive thank you to you. And Dan and I are always talking about ways we can give stuff back to you and in fact we've just come up with one my computer almost lost everything we recorded tonight and um i think you may have had a small meltdown i may have had a small meltdown that was recorded so (laughs) we were we wondered and please let us know if the patrons would be interested in two piece outtakes (laughs) (laughs) Um, which could be quite an interesting thing in its own right um indeed we are on um, all the regular places, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and YouTube, uh, at the Two Piece Podcast, um, or just search the Two Piece Podcast when we come up. And um, we co- put content up there as much as we can. And please, if you haven't, come and join us on the forum, because it is really a wonderful place um, where people just share and enjoy hobby. It's very positive, very friendly. Um, and it's our absolute honour to run it and manage it. So um, if you're not on there, please come and join us. Absolutely. All right. And we okay, shall see dude. you it's for been a joy. episode 51. We will. Indeed. Should we make episode 51 focus on aliens? No? 
That's lost. That's as long lost. as they are chaos ones. I don't, mm. There must be a race of chaos aliens. Oh, yeah. Well, for, for episode 51, we will find a race of chaos aliens. There must be one in the background. <laughs> All right, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye.